Glenn, good morning. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. That would make me Glenn Clark. He's Griffin. Busy Tuesday as always. All of our Tuesday regular things. Unfortunately, I, I can't I can't put lipstick on the pig that is Maryland basketball. It's dreadful. They're going to play another conference game this week against Penn State. Well, Penn State lost to Bucknell. Great. Over the week. Over, I, yeah, I, over the weekend. Sure. So, so, so they're bad, too. Great. So was Indiana. How'd that go? Villanova's lost to um, everybody in yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. Everyone. I'm pretty sure the College of Arts and Sciences has a win over Villanova, and Maryland lost to them by, I'm pretty sure, 175 points. It's awful. It's awful. Like, I, I have... I was having the conversation with somebody over the weekend where I was like, look, I I don't really care. Like, I think a lot of people know. Like, growing up, I was the biggest Maryland basketball fan there was. Like, Maryland basketball was everything. And I think it's hard for a lot of people of a certain age to understand that, like, before the Ravens were around, like, being a sports fan locally was you were an Orioles fan and you were a Maryland basketball fan. Like, that was life. That got you through the year. You would go from Orioles season ending to like thinking about the playing Shamanad in the Maui event or whatever it was they were going to do. The Ravens came along, and because the Orioles were bad for so long, Maryland basketball was still very much number two with a bullet. Like the Orioles were dreadful. So Maryland basketball was very much still the second most prominent thing that was happening in Baltimore sports. Like there was. Still the Ravens and Maryland basketball. And then around the end of the Gary Williams era, that all came to a complete and total precipitous drop. And there have been moments, obviously, when we've been like, hey, Maryland basketball. But like the idea is that it just sort of gets you through until at least NFL free agency. Like There's that little bit of a dip in the calendar. Post Super Bowl, and then before because I look, we don't go to spring training anymore. Maybe you know I'll campaign for that this year. Maybe I'll campaign for spring training. I, we haven't done it in a long time, um, but you know, like we used to go to spring training, so that would buy you a week. But the the reality is, you're not actually talking about the Orioles during spring training. One, most of the games aren't even on TV to watch. Two. As I said before, it's like me talking about preseason football. Like You're just not going to get me to pretend like anything that happens there matters. You can't. You cannot get me to pretend that. It doesn't. I refuse. So, because of that, you really need March covered. But what covers you in March is the NFL. Because, bless them, they schedule it around. March is essentially football season because what you're talking about is what are these teams going to do god love you march it's actually arguably the best month of the year for sports radio you get new players you can track down those new players you can have guests on from the cities where they came from the ravens have even been involved in free agency a little bit in recent years which has been nice so february's the month like, February's really bleak. And so you're begging for Maryland basketball to just be relevant enough to get you through February because it's hard. It's really hard. Otherwise, what you're talking about is, like, the NFL Combine. And nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. 
Nope. Not doing that. You got uh, basketball conference tournaments. I, not in February. I don't know what world you're living Some in. Some of them start on like February 28th. Right. I said in February. You don't have anything. You, it is darkness. You desperately could use Maryland basketball being just relevant enough. And it don't look good. It don't look like they're even going to be remotely relevant. And then you get to the other side of the equation, which is because there's nothing else going on. I talk about this all the time, right? Like last night I saw people doing like revisionist history about the NBA in-season tournament because the atmosphere looked cool in, I guess it was Indianapolis. Cyrus Halliburton. uh... Yeah, it was. And they were like, ah, see, this is proof. This is amazing. I'm like, no, it's not. It's that you were watching. This is what we do. Whenever something is happening, we immediately say, wow, because you're living it. Because in the moment, you want to feel something. Because you don't want to feel like it's wasted. Come March, you will have not given a rat's ass that this thing ever occurred. We'll see when my Pelicans run the table. Yeah, your you're, you're Pelicans. Who won the other game last uh, night? The Pacers. So PF, me and PFF. I, I know they won that game. Yeah. Who won the, the, the Pelicans? Pelicans won. Yeah, the Pelicans. Okay. There were only two. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's what I meant. I didn't know the Pelicans. When you said the Pelicans, they could have been playing tonight. Oh, no, the Lakers and Suns play tonight. I do know that, actually. Only because it's a game that counts. So I care. Because it's the Suns. Otherwise, I wouldn't give a rat's ass. And what's the other uh, Eastern Con- The Knicks are tonight, right? Who do they yeah, play? Yeah, the Knicks play somebody. Yeah, exactly. We love love the N- love that N- NBA in-season tournament. Obviously a very big deal. Who's playing? Right. Yeah. This is clearly it, they've down. proven they've proven the excitement of How it. But I get it. On ESPN, I this, this is what we Bucks. do. Oh, they play the Bucks. Great. This is what we do. Because it's going on, we want it to matter. It's like the NFL pre we don't want to believe that what we're watching is nonsense, because we're watching it. So we we make grandiose statements. And when you get to February and there's nothing else going on, if Maryland basketball stinks and there's only one other amount of content anybody wants to do, fire the coach. That's it. Either Maryland basketball is going to be relevant or they're going to want to fire the coach. That's the way it's going to go because there's nothing else to talk about. There's nothing else going on. There's nothing to distract you from it. So if Maryland basketball's doo-doo in February, then the conversation will completely shift to, did they get it wrong? Is it time to... Uh, should we already fire? I mean, that's that's what we do. That's who we are as a people. The answer, by the way, will be no. Well, no. See if they go four and stop. You know, I, they're Louisville. It was, it was well. They haven't fired their coach. <laughs> um, the answer will still be no, but it will be you don't have a lot of time and don't look now. But as a Maryland fans remind you, they don't have a recruiting class either. Now, college sports are weird these days and. Like, recruiting classes are kind of a thing of the past. You just go pluck off whatever transfers you can get and put your roster together. But that was also the thing that uh, people complained about with Mark Turgeon is that's he gave up on recruiting and just kind of decided he was going to go after only transfers. Weird times. Weird times. But all that to say, we're going to talk Maryland basketball today. The rest of the local scene ain't great either. <laughs> Patrick sent me a text from a game. So Patrick Stevens is going to join us. That's the point that I was trying to make. <laughs> Hang on a second. The uh, Towson women's basketball team had a big overtime they, win against Liberty. 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 They yeah. beat Liberty. Liberty. Patrick sent me a text from a game he was at this weekend. It reads, just watch Morgan build a 31-17 lead on Longwood oh, God. and get outscored 71-23 the rest of the way. 
I can do math. 88-54. Not great. No. Not great. Jeez. There's a lot of not great going on. But it's going on, so we'll talk about it. Uh, we will uh, recap championship weekend and uh, start looking towards high school basketball season in our next edition of County Sports Zone Radio with Wes Brown. And um, that's it. Oh, no, Waiver Wire Wednesday yes. with our buddy Joe Serpico brought to you by Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. So that's all coming up today. We announced it yesterday. Tyus Bowser's show one week from tonight. We return to Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane in Roland Park. That's where we will be next Tuesday night, December 12th, the next Tyus Bowser show. So not tonight. I know that if you had looked at the original calendar, we had a show scheduled for tonight. The problem with that was that there was no football game. So we decided there wouldn't be a whole lot to say. So we bumped it back. Next Tuesday night is the night. Join us at Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane in Roland Park. For the next Tyus Bowser show, it's brought to you by HelpMyGamblingProblem.org, A.J. Michaels, and Superbook Sports. The Tyus Bowser show is a partnership of PressBox and Great Eights Memorabilia. I, um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I am wildly disappointed by the number of signups for our college football bowl pick in the first day. Oh, sorry. Uh, me, me and uh, PFF Sean are in. Are you? Yeah. Oh, well, I, I haven't. I'm telling you, yes. It's, it, you can't be in. There's, there's only one way to get in, Griffin. It involves Venmo or PayPal or Cash App. Because you know what's funny? I had a lot of other people tell me they were in. Aaron Oster told me he was in. Oh. Brandon Linton told me he was in. Ryan Flanders. J- Jab. Jabby Burns told me he was A lot of people told me they were in. No one sent me the old thing. Now, this is the deal. We have time. But we got to get the 35 spots. And we only have, like, the first six that are actually, like, paid for to this point. First eight. Sending is to get going through. Mm. Oh, I thought they might bank. Are you mm. kidding me? Mm. <laughs> what is this? Mm. Mm. Give me a second. Give me a second. Mm. Mm. All right. So the moral of the story is get in. $20 buy-in. 50-50 bowl pick contest. The idea is when we get to 35, the winner will get 350 bucks. So help us get there. Winner take all, or winner take half in this case, because the other 50% is going towards helping up mission and our drive to supply the men and women at Helping Up Mission with toiletries and underwear, which are much-needed items for them that no one really thinks about donating during the course of the year. If you've asked me, hey, can I bring you my coats? The answer is yes, but we're not doing a coat drive. I'll get them. I promise you. We're just, what? It's just it. Uh, I guess I'll do it after the show. The hell! It's a complicated. I can't deal with. Why it right is now. it complicated? Because it wants me to like. I got. Got to re-enter all my information for some reason. I don't know why. Be better than Griffin. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I mean, no. that shouldn't. It's a low bar. Well, be better than Griffin. No, I'm in. No, you're not. <laughs> You'll be in when you're in. That's the way it works. You say you don't know anything about college football. Trust me, no one knows anything about these bowl games. 
The players don't play. Ask me who the quarterback's going to be for USC in the Holiday Bowl with Caleb Williams sidelined. No one knows. Half of Maryland entered into the transfer portal ahead of the, the – I can't believe they're spurring – spurning? 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 Is it spurring or spurning? Why am I struggling with this? Spur I'm, – I'm going to lean spurring. Spur Spurring or spurning? I don't know the – I genuinely don't know. Spurn means reject. Yes, that's the one, spurning. Okay. Yeah, so what would spurring be? You're putting on your boots and spurs? Is that yeah, what that would so. be? I don't even know what that would be. Yeah, it is. You're spurning. Give an incentive or encouragement. Spurring. Well, that would be the opposite of this. Yeah. Spurning the legendary trans-perfect Music City Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it's not good news, obviously. Maryland football is going to lose Jay Sean Barnum, who, you know, probably their, would have been their best defensive player for sure, the uh, linebacker from St. Francis. Uh, Corey Deitches is also entering the transfer portal. It is what it is, man. Now, as a lot of people have pointed out in the transfer portal world over the last couple of days, it's not just the the other the also rans who have players into the transfer portal. Kyle McCord, the quarterback at Ohio State, is in the transfer portal. Yeah. Now that might that might very well be Ryan Day informing him, dude. Our intention is to do better. No offense, but we think we can aim higher than that. It is interesting. I know Riley Leonard, the quarterback at Duke, put his name in the transfer portal and said, do not contact. Like, he clearly already had his next location lined up. I don't even know if we've learned. Maybe somebody would tell me we've already learned what it is, or perhaps they're waiting until after the bowl game. But a lot of people are like, maybe that's Notre Dame. Maybe that's who knows. Uh, uh, Interesting bringing up St. Francis. Michael Van Buren decommitted from Oregon. And I think it's because Oregon brought in, um, oh, God, who who's the quarterback that transferred to Oregon oh, yesterday? Um, Dylan Gabriel. Yes. Dylan Gabriel transfers to Oregon. Free agency is wild in college football, man. Wild. Dylan Gabriel transfers to Oregon to replace Bo Nix after his 17-year uh, college football career. Um, and I, I don't know if that's the singular reason why Michael Van Buren decided. I, I, I don't know that Michael Van Buren could have expected he was going to start as a freshman, but it's interesting that um, Michael Van Buren, the very talented St. Francis quarterback, decommitted from Oregon yesterday. And so he's on the market um, and is like the only top quarterback in the country that's not committed at the moment. So I imagine there's going to be quite the bidding war for his services all of a sudden. Interesting times, man. Interesting times. The point being, we don't know anything. We know nothing. Nothing. Nothing about who's going to win these bowl games. You have, if you don't even know the names of the teams, you have just as good a chance as the rest of us. You're only picking the winner of the game, not picking against the spread, just picking the winner of the game. And whoever gets the most points... If there's a tie, there will be a tiebreaker. There will be one winner. So please get in the way to do it. Venmo, Glenn-Clark, PayPal, GlennClark180, Cash App, GlennClark Radio. It's just 20 bucks. That's it. Half of it to the charity, half of it to the winner. Please help us finish this off and get to our $3,000 goal. And please do it relatively quickly so I can stop harping on this. I, I, it's just for me, for my sanity. Please do this for me. 
And I will start calling people out by name. Not just the people that told me that they were in and they haven't paid yet. Griffin. PFF Sean. Not just them. Everybody. I'll start calling everybody out by name. We will get there. That moment will occur. But I need you. 20 bucks to get in. And uh, once you do, by the way, if you would, please just send me an email or something. Send me some sort of note so I know you got in. And that way I can get you the link to sign up for our bowl pick'em contest. All good? Great gravy. Um, I, I Look, man, it is in, in the immediacy, it's a good thing for the Ravens that the, the Jaguars lost last night, as everybody pointed out. It's as meaningful as however it's followed up. And when we talk to Jeff Zerbeck here in a minute, like it's as meaningful as whatever the Ravens do coming out of it. This is the problem. Like it's not like there's one week left and now all you got to do is win one game and you're in. Controlling your destiny is only so valuable when you have five games left and a very brutal schedule. We right now await definitive word about where Trevor Lawrence is because obviously that's a major story going into a couple weeks from now, the Ravens playing the Jaguars. The word last night is it wasn't nearly as bad as it looked and might only be an ankle sprain, which, by the way, how? <laughs> like It looked like he got shot. How could that possibly only be an ankle sprain? But that was the word um, last night and into this morning that not nearly as bad as assumed. And if that's the case, it's obviously very good news for the Jaguars, but still questions what the timeline would be for whatever Trevor Lawrence's availability would be for the Ravens game which is significant because the Jaguars' loss last night is as good as however the Ravens can follow up on it. If the Ravens lose to the Rams at home on Sunday, then none of these things really matter all that much. Although, for what it's worth, a loss to the Rams would be far less damning than a loss to the Dolphins or Jaguars would be. Those games stand out as being the most significant. The 49ers, of course, stands out as being the most difficult. If you're going to lose one, that's probably the one to lose. You just have to hope that the Dolphins and Jaguars, specifically, because you control, I guess it's true, you can control that destiny. If you beat the Dolphins, then you can afford to lose the 49ers. But they got to go do it. And that's why... It's hard for me when everybody keeps telling me, eh, the Ravens had the best bye week anyone's ever had. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're trying to say. This goes back to the, hey, we are all watching, so we want it to matter. But whatever happens with the Ravens is going to be determined by what goes on over the course of their next five weeks. That doesn't mean these are bad things. I'm not arguing against it. I just don't know that I would get too worked up about them because there's still five weeks of football still to be played, and the Ravens have an extraordinarily difficult schedule. So, yes, yes, on paper, it was the better thing that could happen for the Ravens. But it's not like you're looking at their schedule and saying, well, now all they got to do is go beat these scrubs and they're in. Like, well, no, they have to go win five football games against teams that are all currently in the playoffs. With the belief being that Kenny Pickett would be back in time, not that it matters all that much, but that he would be back in time for the season finale and us not knowing what Trevor Lawrence's availability will be right now for the game against the Jaguars. But the Rams look good again. This is difficult immediately this week. 
and gets more difficult from there. Yes, on paper, good things happened for the Ravens as far as the playoff picture is concerned. But they'll determine whether or not that actually matters. I don't think that there would be a lot of celebrating to do as much as like, okay, acknowledging. Acknowledging that there were beneficial things that occurred, and now we'll see if the Ravens can go about taking advantage of those. The Bengals certainly looked much more competent last night. That was Jake Browning's best effort. But there was still not a whole lot of throwing downfield. They still, to me, don't seem like they're particularly dangerous. But I guess you still have to acknowledge them, particularly with the Browns and Steelers playoff spots seeming a bit perilous. Even maybe the Colts. Three teams that are holding playoff spots right now that I'm not really sure exactly how good they are. Today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Let's talk more about the path moving forward for the Baltimore Ravens. Our next guest, of course, covers the Ravens for The Athletic. He is our friend, Mr. Jeff Zrebeck, and he's back with us this morning here on GCR. Jeff, it's Glenn. It's always good to catch up, man. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning, sir. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me, Glenn. Jeff, I, I, I know that Ravens fans are all very excited about how the weekend went and the teams that lost, and I get it. Like, on paper, these are good things. But as I say, I don't, I don't know about how celebratory anybody should be because they're about as good as whatever happens in the five weeks that comes out of this. So... Let's focus on that part of it. The Ravens are in pretty good shape, but they have a brutal schedule that lies in front of them. How much confidence would you have in the Ravens' ability to run the table or go like four and one in order to seize the number one seed in the AFC? Yeah, you know, I. it seems like, you know, the whole control their own de- destiny, all that stuff, it seems like the right thing to do nowadays and to say that and to use that. I think I even used it once earlier this week. But you're talking about controlling your own destiny when you face, you know, arguably, you know, you've, your easy game is against the team that you've beaten once in the last four years. <laughs> you face one of the hottest teams in the league this weekend, led by a Super Bowl winning head coach and Super Bowl winning quarterback. And then you go into that three-game gamut. Now, we'll see what the Jags are. If they don't have Trevor Lawrence, that's a different story. But you face those three teams. You're probably facing three of the best, you know, top ten teams in football. And and two of them are are at night and on the road. So, yeah, I I think, you know, people don't like hearing it. um, But you you really need to take this week by week. I mean, they're all all a bad loss Sunday away from not being in such a great spot uh, quickly. So, um you know, I think anyone would have taken this, Glenn. Um, you know, if you oh, look at course, it, where yeah. they are, anybody. Yeah, you know, you asked the first week of September, uh, and I think anybody in that building would have signed up for blood, signed up in blood to be nine and three, uh, coming out of their bye and in first place uh, in the AFC North. So they're in a good spot. Don't get me wrong, but but they're going to have to play really good football the rest of the way. I, I can't say we haven't just haven't seen it consistently enough for me to think. Okay, five and zero. Oh, they're going to run the table, 
but, um, you know, they've shown what they're capable of. They've risen to the occasion uh, all season, um, you know, so uh, they're in a good spot to put, if they put together some good football where they'll finish where they need to be. Jeff, um, let's let's sort of focus on the immediacy. I know yesterday John Harbaugh addressed the Zach Ertz stuff. Did you feel like that was him outright denying and saying it's definitely not happening or more like I just want to make sure that the guys that are in my room know that we really like them because this might not work out for us? Yeah, yeah. No, I think it was uh... – you know, the latter, I, you know, you've got to send the right message to Isaiah Likely and Charlie Collaire. And, you know, you can even go further down the depth chart if you want to include Travis Volkolek. Um, and you got to make sure that you, you're going to need these guys. And even if you sign Zach Ertz, how quickly is he going to be able to catch up the speed, how healthy he is, how, how, how healthy is he? You know, this is a guy that's had extensive issues with his legs in recent years. Um, with injuries and all that. So you're going to need these guys one way or the other, and I think that was the primary focus. But, look, I never considered the Ravens a favorite for Zach Ertz. I mean, not when the Chiefs are there, not when we know his history with the Eagles, how much he's beloved in Philly. Um, We already saw Eagles make a move to add a veteran. They're not Mm going to stand pat. Howie Roseman never does. So, um, you know, I don't think – you know, he, he did pour some cold water on us. There's no doubt. And that to me told me that, um, you know, I don't think John likes looking stupid either through his comments in the media and for him to say that and then to turn around and sign them uh, eight hours later would look a little odd. So um, I think that's probably a decent representation that look, uh, there's a good chance we don't get this guy, but um, you know they're they're they were listening. They certainly you know Eric DaCosta makes a call on pretty much everyone, so you can guarantee that they've at least talked to the agent. The other interesting thing, Glenn, I have about this is which I didn't even strike me till yesterday. Zach Ertz has the same agent as Charlie Collaire. Hmm. So hmm. you're thinking about <laughs> it. And now Zach Ertz is a very big client for the agent. So obviously if Zach Ertz says, I want Baltimore, the agent w- would work right. to make it happen. But, I mean, here's Charlie Collaire's opportunity here to establish himself. And he really hasn't gotten one. So um, I, I can't imagine the agent wanting to steer him to Baltimore uh, where he could, you know, cut into another one of his client's opportunities. But again, Zach Ertz is a veteran. Uh, he's making that call. But yeah, it, it, to me, it didn't seem like they had high expectations of getting him based on Harbaugh's comments, but I'm not ready to completely rule it out either. Jeff Zreback from The Athletic is with us here on GCR. Jeff, I think the biggest concern at the moment is the play of the tackles and specifically the play of Ronnie Stanley because he's Ronnie Stanley, right? Like, I mm-hmm. I, I am inclined to believe that the injuries and maybe getting a little bit of rest could help, but I, I, I feel like that to me is at the moment the biggest story of what the Ravens are going to be able to do, you know, short of like if somebody else were to get hurt, like sparing the – you know, if, if Lamar Jackson goes down next week, then obviously the season's over, right? But, like, as far as what's in front of them, it feels to me like the biggest story of what they're capable of is going to hinge upon whether or not they get something that's more that more closely resembles Ronnie Stanley than what we had seen in the weeks that he was out there leading up to the bye. Yeah. Agree with that. I, you know, I think uh, general, like a general theme, would, would just be overall offensive consistency. Not really knowing what you're going to get week to week, sometimes quarter to quarter. But the tackle play has a lot to do with that. Yeah. And and if you're looking individually, uh, you know, I think you have to start with with Ronnie Stanley. Um, you know, 
we've seen him bounce back before from a couple bad games. Um, we saw it earlier in the year. He strung together a couple uh, of good games after getting healthier and getting a break, and then he got hurt again. And then and here we are. He has not played well at all uh, for much of the season. So it, it has to be concern. I, I think – you know, it would be unrealistic to think that the all-pro Ronnie Stanley, who in 2019 essentially pitched the shutout and didn't allow a sack all season, to think that guy is going to walk through the door is, you know, you're just you're that's way too optimistic to think that's happened. But they need just solid play out of him, and 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 there's been three or four games this year where he hasn't delivered on that. So yeah, I think it'll be interesting to watch. I think you look at it and and you have a little break here either. I think they're in a period where you have one game in 23 days. So um, if there was ever a time he was going to recharge a little and, and, and come back strong, this would be it. You just look at the schedule. I mean, you still got uh, Highsmith and Watt looming. You still got yeah. Bosa and Chase Young looming. I mean, you still got Josh Allen, who we saw last night, looming. There's just every every week they're getting, going against stud edge rushers. The protection needs to be uh, a, a much better. They need to be much more confident what they're getting on the blind side. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, I was I was chatting with your uh, BFF Bo Smolka last week. I guess in oh, between you guys well. working working on your uh, buddy cop picture that I think you guys are doing. But I I like he brought it up. He said, "Look, I'm not suggesting this is going to happen, but at some point, if this continues, you might have to have a conversation about whether a a healthy Patrick McCarry is a better option than a clearly." you know, damaged or, or injured Ronnie Stanley is. And, like, I I can't fathom it, but I, I at least understood what he was trying to say, which is if it continues like this, they, at some point they at least have to have the conversation about it. Yeah, yeah there's no doubt. Um, I, and I think you see how he plays after this break. Um, you know, you, you give Ronnie, oppor- Ronnie Stanley every opportunity to stabilize and – he deserves that much, and, yeah. and to see how he responds. Um, look, Harbaugh said it the other day, or it was pre-buy, you know, look, he needs to practice. I mean, Ronnie Stanley, ever since he's been in the Raven, with the Ravens, has talked about his technique, how he's a technician. Like, that's his thing. He's very sound technically, but his injuries haven't allowed him to be sound, you know, and, and uh, a, a big start of that would be Ronnie Stanley just having a full practice week where he's not limited or he's not taking a day off or this, that, and that's just been very hard to do with his uh, current injury situation. Um, you know, so, you know, but I, I think uh, he's a guy to watch this week. Can he practice fully all week and, 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 and how is he looking? And uh, I think, you know, I, I don't think they're anticipating any changes, but, Another poor game. I yeah, I certainly agree with Bo, which I don't you know right. do often. You're loath to do that. <laughs> yes, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> but you have to. You have to. This is this isn't about feelings anymore. You have five games left. You're you know you're the number two seed in the AFC, and and every other team in the division has lost their starting quarterback. You need to protect that guy, and you need to whatever it takes. You need to figure that out. Um, and that includes possibly giving Ronnie Stanley more help uh, with Ricard and other people than you yeah. anticipated. Bo, uh, or sorry, now look at what I did. I was just brought up Bo. Now I called you. God, man, that's probably is the worst moment of your life. Um, <laughs> Jeff, I I ask you this, knowing that like we still have it's we're still weeks away from voting for Ravens MVP. But uh, Griffin and I got into a conversation about it yesterday, and I I wonder for you if it's come on, let's not overthink this. Lamar Jackson still having an outstanding year. 
Lamar Jackson the MVP, or are you willing to entertain a conversation that the MVP of the team might not just be Lamar Jackson this year? I am willing to entertain that. Right now, uh, to me, in my mind, Lamar is, is the clear front runner. Um, but I also, I've not closed that book, I, I think, in a sense. I mean, you look at the team, and I think what's been the biggest strength of the team week to week and what have you been able to count on? Defense. And that's, that's the defense. And, and, and that's, you know, they've answered the call. But the defense has been kind of the story so far of the season. And, and Lamar has played very well. And, and at times he's been, you know, dynamic Lamar, best player on the field, Lamar. And then he struggled some a little bit. But right now he would get my vote. But, um, you know, and I wouldn't even write, I wouldn't. I don't even necessarily saying Roquan Smith is my number two right now. Yeah. I, he probably is the leader, but I think you really got to start entertaining the idea of what Kyle Hamilton has meant to this team, just in his ability to match up and what he's done and some of the stuff he's taken away and how hard he's become to prepare for uh, from an offensive standpoint. You don't know where he's going to be, and then he's so physical. That that dude, man, is playing at such a high level. I, I don't know that there's. You know, I, I hope people, Raven fans, appreciate it, uh, what he's doing. I mean, he's not the quintessential ball hawk in a way, but he's a throwback to some of those old Ravens teams that had a lot of guys that could do a lot of different things and, and love the physicality point of it. I mean, he's been a – you know, I know you expect to get that kind of player when you pick him 14th overall, but I would say how much he's improved has been pretty revelatory this year. He's just, you know, he's been a huge factor for the team. He's but those would be my three. He's an alien. And he was on both of our lists yesterday. So, you know, like we're in agreement. But I had at the top of my list, and you tell me I'm crazy. But this goes into like the conversation I've been having about league MVP a little bit is what the, what do you have that like no one else has? Like where do you have a significant advantage over any other team? And it's ironic that this week you're going to see the one team that might have the same thing, but I feel like I don't think it's crazy for me to suggest that Justin Matabike might be the MVP of this team because it's just so patently insane that you're getting this amount of production from this position. And, and and when you especially when you count what they've missed, like they've they've never had this. Nothing. <laughs> you know, like it's nuts. when's the last time? And, and I mean, I don't think you're in football, uh, Glenn. He's been absolutely fabulous. Um, and, you know, take just getting back to current, he was talking to reporters yesterday, which is a really good sign because if he was still in concussion protocol, yeah, he wouldn't yeah, be. that's a great so point. That's huge. that's huge for this team. But, yeah, he's been tremendous. Um, the only thing I will say, Glenn, and this isn't to cheapen what he's done one bit. I would I, – I, the guy's been – fabulous and he should get some I, he won't win but he should be in at least the conversation and get some you know back-end defensive player of the year votes too but I, I think they've they've rushed the passer with such a team concept all year setting picks for others heck we saw how queen eschew an easy sack in in los angeles because he wanted to pick matabike's got to get matabike a sack and that doesn't cheapen what matabike's done but I think the pass rushing has been such a team effort and how they've gotten to the quarterback. And uh, given how much they're paying their pass rushers and the assets compared to these other teams, which are, you know, are, are spending hand over foot for theirs, um, I, I just I don't know that that cheapens what Matabike's done, but I, I'm just, I don't know that I isolate him above everyone else so much just because it's been such a 
team concept and the scheme thing into how they've gotten to the quarterback every no, week. That was uh, that was Griffin's argument that the real MVP of the team is Mike McDonald, right? Like that was uh, that was his argument that if you wanted to give an MVP award, it would be to that guy. And I understood the point, man. Like that that the disguising, all of it, it has been truly next level. It has been absolutely bonkers what they have brought. Jeff Rebeck, uh, what do you have? What can we plug for you? Anything? I'm working on some fun stuff. I'm not, you know, it, it'll be, uh, it's going to be fun. I think dollar uh, ninety nine a month deal going right now. Um, dollar deal expired, but dollar ninety nine a month isn't too bad either. So, um, you know, I, I this is the time where you start thinking long term too. You, you know, like you start preparing those playoff stories and and all. It's it's going to be a fun ride. Uh, so, uh, but no, it's it's going to be. This is great. I mean, this is uh, this is what everybody's excited for, and and the Ravens have delivered to this point. And I think the final month of the season, they're going to be in the, they're in the spotlight pretty much every week with the schedule. So it's going to be fun to follow. And if you guys did not read um, Jeff's story last week about uh, Jody Alessandris, um, it it will it, it it will hurt you. It will hit you like it is powerful. Um, and what he has been through and grief, and it, it is just an unbelievable read. So I would encourage you to go back and spend some time with that when you get the opportunity to do this week. Uh, at Jeff Zrebeck on Twitter is how you follow him. Jeff, always appreciate you, brother. We'll talk again real soon, all right? Sounds good, Glenn. Look forward to it. Thanks, man. Jeff Zrebeck from The Athletic with us here on GCR. It's going to be Lamar Jackson. Let me just make that a bunch. It's He's having a great season, and he's the quarterback of the football team. He's getting him, he's getting consideration for league MVP. It's going to be Lamar Jackson. He's going to have to find a way to beat up Brock Purdy. I look good on Sunday. I still would argue that he's not the most valuable player on his own team, but he looked good. He certainly played well. Yeah, Shaq Leonard, if you missed it, uh, went to the Eagles, so... Maybe they get both of them. Maybe they yeah. go two for two. Maybe they get Ertz as well. It did feel to the point that we were talking about with Jeff Zrebeck. I, I, it felt as close to closing the book as John Harbaugh would be willing to m- give you on something, but it also felt like I want to make sure that I'm, I'm talking up our tight ends because we don't know how this is going to go. So he didn't say, like, there's no way we'll sign Zach Ertz. He, like, even prefaced it by saying, like, hey, you're always interested in players. Like, that's the way that it goes, and that's what you're supposed to say. But he, he concluded the answer by saying, you know, we'll roll with the guys that we have. Well, it, that's, a tough, that's a tough thing to say because it sounds like what you're saying is, and only the guys we have. But it might be nothing more than... Don't get it twisted. Don't think that like we feel like we're desperate or the world's over if we don't land Zach Hurts. I'm not assuming that the Ravens will sign Zach Hurts. I think Jeff's point is well taken, that there are other teams that would make more sense. An Eagles reunion would make more sense. Although Dallas Goddard is expected to be back, right? Like, yes. So I guess this just comes to sort of like what is Zach Hurts looking to do? Because I would say even if he came to Baltimore, I wouldn't want him to be the number one tight end, right? So you could say, hey, there's an opportunity in Baltimore, right? Whereas in the other two places, they already have established number one tight ends. I, I have no interest in Zach Ertz being the number one tight end in Baltimore. So if that's what they had to promise in order to, him, to right. get him to sign here, I would say then don't do that. 
I mean, yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't expect him to be Mark Andrews, obviously, but he looked like solid. He looked the first solid, weeks but I would still say that like I, I, Isaiah Likely is going to be the guy. It's more important for Isaiah Likely to be the guy than it is to like hope that Zach Ertz can be that guy. And if again, that's the difference in trying to win him here is to say we promise you, you'll we'll make you the focal part of our offense. Then I think that's a mistake. Well. Yeah, I, think, I mean, at the, you know, the focal tight end in the offense. I think that's a the mistake. Featured, yeah. Yes, correct. I think that would be the wrong thing to do. I would be very much opposed to that. Uh, today's show brought to you by Superbook. Go right now. The Ravens, here are the numbers. 7-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Ooh. Only plus 275 now to win the AFC. Chiefs, by the way, still the favorite, but only at plus 250. So it's neck and neck. Neck and neck right now in that area. So, get in. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up, and you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match. Win or lose. Again, Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. We'll recap Championship Weekend, County Sports Zone Radio with Wes Brown coming up next. It's GCR. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors. Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along to holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at Baltimore.org hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? All right, all right. back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program. Every Tuesday, we talk a little high school sports, and it was obviously a very big weekend in the high school football scene. Joining us now for County Sports Zone Radio, he is our friend Wes Brown. Wes, it's Glenn. It's good to catch up. I know it was a busy, sometimes rainy weekend down in Annapolis. Always appreciate you joining us. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. So, championship weekend, and we got some new champions. I guess let's just kind of run through for you the entirety of the six title games. Give me maybe a little bit of a thumbnail on each one of them throughout the course of the weekend. Yeah, so so things kicked off on Thursday with uh, Stephen Decatur uh, beating Huntington uh, 21 to 13. Um, their, their quarterback there, Bryson Coleman, um, is a, a tight end commit for Vanderbilt. Um, and I, I, I was really impressed with, with how he played. Um, one of the, one, one of those things where you, you see across the state of Maryland, especially where, you know, the best athlete is just the quarterback. Um, so mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of just, you know, he threw three interceptions, but he also threw for, you know, about 200 yards, ran for two touchdowns. So, you know, just, just getting the job done, um, was, what was nice to see there. Um, Friday we had, we had Dunbar over Calvert eight, nothing. Um, that was the, the first game of the day there it was, it was soaking rain, um, all game, both teams kind of just ran the ball and, and Dunbar managed to, to get in the end zone there first, uh, and, and keep them off the board. Um, and then we had a new four, a champion, uh, why is over Broadneck, uh, first time since 2019, it hasn't been Quince Orchard. Um, but obviously we, we, we knew that would happen. Um, given the the, the, yeah, the, the controversy there, but a, yeah. a, a twenty-one to nothing win was what was quite sizable. So then, so that's the first three from the weekend on Thursday and Friday: Stephen Decatur, Dunbar, and Wise. And then on uh, Saturday, um, I guess let me start with um, the the Oakdale one because it's also going to be our athlete of the week, correct? Yep. 
Yep. Uh, Oakdale beat Linganore, uh, 42 to 35 there. Um, they, they, they led since the beginning, um, uh, but they, they built out a, a lead there at the half by multiple scores. Um, Linganore tried to bounce back a little bit, but weren't quite able to do enough. We, we've talked about, you know, Ethan Arneson, um, they, they kind of were able to, to hold him in check there. Uh, the, the Bears defense, um, he was able to rip off, a. A, a nice rushing touchdown where he kind of like flipped over the defender and kept running huh. uh, and, and scored. So at least he got that, that highlight reel there, but he, he's going to be moving on to his, to his wrestling here um, in, in the winter. Um, but yeah, the, the athlete of the week, uh, Hunter Thompson from Oakdale, uh, 15 catches on 16 targets for 269 yards and, and four touchdowns. Uh, six, six, three, one ninety five coming into Ohio back in June. Um, and obviously their, their quarterback, Evan Austin is kind of the same thing as, as Coleman there for Decatur, where it's just, you know, the best athlete on the field, you know, he's, he's committed to, to Charlotte. Um, he, he's going to be someone who, who they can utilize all over the field. Um, but just a lot of plays being made there um, by the, by the Oakdale receiver. Pick the heck of a time to put together a 15 catch, 269 yard, four touchdown performance, right? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. Just a, a ton of throws where they were just lobbing it up and he was just able to to grab them there in the end zone. Man, that is wild. Um, on the local front, uh, another state title and it's a program. The Mervo program has been through so much over the last couple of years. I mean, just so many crazy things have occurred. Um, so there's, it's been a little bit of a feel good story to see them continue to push through that and win another title. Yeah, for sure. Um, second title in three years as well. Um, and it was, it, it was, a, it was a come from behind one as well. Um, they, they were down seven, seven, nothing for most of the game, seven, six here late. Um, and then Justin Navarre managed to, to catch and run. Um, I, I was on the sideline and it was, it was really interesting. They, they threw the ball and there was another receiver open behind him, but he kind of just snagged it. And no one was really ready for it. He, he managed to run it in for, for like 30 yards. So, um, definitely a, a nice win to see there. Tons of emotion, um, from, from that side and, and definitely well-deserved. And then, uh, one other title game on Saturday and, uh, a player that really jumped out at you in the Fort Hill 1A victory. Yeah, yeah, Four Hill kind of ran away with that one. It was, it was interesting. We had, we had two touchdowns in, in 35 seconds. Each team on their first offensive play managed to score. That's kind of uh, wild. Yeah, but but, but it, it was Fort Hill who managed to to keep rushing ahead. Um, and and yeah, it was Junior Jabril Daniels there. Um, just un, ungodly stats. You know, the, the the stats machine actually broke that game, and, and they weren't <laughs> able to, to keep posting them. But yeah, a number a number of long rushing touchdowns up the middle around the sides. Um, I think, I think on, on almost all of his touchdowns, he was, he was alone for the last 15 yards and just walked him in. So, wow. um, d- definitely kind of a, a name to watch who, 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 uh, should be, should be exploding even more as a, as a senior next year. Um, uh, obviously, you know, that's, that puts the wraps on football season. I, I guess let me just to, to wrap it up. A- any one player to you, like if we had to name like a public school player of the year in the state of Maryland, like, would it be Arneson? Would that be the guy for you? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's it's hard to overlook someone who ends up, you know, third all time in rushing. You know, topping guys like like Jake Funk and and whatnot. So, um, he 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 would definitely kind of be be my pick there for football. I think it makes a whole lot of sense. All right, it's County Sports Zone Radio. Wes Brown is with us from County Sports Zone. Um, but this doesn't end what we're going to be doing because you shift immediately, obviously, into winter sports season. I guess give me a quick thumbnail for you. Obviously, in in this area, the headliner in winter sports season is basketball. Um, not a year in which there's like the same, you know, there's there's no Emmanuel quickly, right? Like there's no Jalen Smith as there were a couple years ago when that was 
you know, everybody was thinking about those games. What are the biggest stories for you or storylines or players or anything like that as basketball season gets underway? Yeah, I mean, kind of kind of similar to, to football. You got a lot of teams that are able to, you know, repeat. You know, you got some, you know, like the Howard girls team, you know, still still powerful as always. You know, uh, City College boys um, also also really strong and managed to win last year. So it'll be interesting to see what teams are, are able to to maintain their, their spot at the top, but also, you know, Every year, there's always you know a few teams that are able to to overcome those those teams and and get new titles. So um, it, it should definitely be a nice, interesting race down to Xfinity there. I know there was already a big uh, story uh, last night as uh, Pat Clatchy from Mount St. Joe recorded win number eight hundred for his career. And obviously, we all know the you know as it brought up Jalen Smith a minute ago and Daryl Morsell. It helps to have had some really good players during the course of Pat Clatchy's run. But clearly, 800 wins anywhere. That's a remarkable accomplishment for Pat Clatchy. Yeah, for sure. The um, the other stories that uh, that jump out at me, I know that like this is a big time of year for tournaments. Uh, like I'm doing the event down at Dematha this weekend. That's uh, the Hoops Fest. That's always a huge event and always brings in some of the top uh, college coaches in the country. And I'm imagining like that's the type of information right now that people can go get at County Sports Zone because it's not the only one. There's a there's a bunch of really big tournaments to start college or high school basketball season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The, the, this month is kind of a mix of, you know, just getting getting started with the season and then and then some tournaments. You know, you, you'll have some here soon and then you'll have some around uh, the, the winter break. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with all the all the public school games as well, starting tonight, um, all the all the scores and schedules are, are down here on, on CSE and we'll have everything up and up through uh, the, the championships here in, in February and March. All right. And then remind everybody again exactly what County Sports Zone is, where they can find County Sports Zone on social, where they can find you on social, Wes. Yeah, at CSC scores uh, on social media, and I'm at W underscore Brown 21. But County Sports Zone is, you know, your home for scores and schedules across the state of Maryland. Um, we've got all the, the the public schools and 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 some private school stuff as well. Uh, but we'll have all the all the scores, schedules, um, and then some other content as well. Um, covered everyone throughout the season. Uh, Wes Brown, appreciate you, man. Thank you as always. Let's talk again next Tuesday. All right. All right. Sounds good. Wes Brown from uh, County Sports Zone with us here for County Sports Zone Radio. Yeah, big moment for Pat Clatchy as uh, he records win number 800 last night at uh, Mount St. Joe, which is a remarkable accomplishment. Congratulations to Pat Clatchy. All right. Um, I guess let's grab a break. Yes, you good? You want to do that thing uh, behind you? I, I really feel like we've just given. Now. I feel like we've just given up on it. So we're going to leave it at 80? What do you want me to do with it? <laughs> What do you want me to do? Um, I mean, I I just feel like we we haven't been consistent with it. It just nobody really seemed to care. It just hasn't been what I wanted it to be. I think people care really, when it's a drastic number. Yeah, I've been bummed out by it. I got to be honest with you. This is this has been a bummer to the point where I was kind of doing the like quiet quitting thing, where we just uh, don't. So I shouldn't have brought it up. Yeah, yeah I mean, like I'm not mad at you because again, yesterday I yelled at you for not bringing something up. So I'm not mad at you this time. Like I get it. <laughs> I think I think your instincts were right here. What you just didn't know is that I had basically quiet quit. <laughs> like, I so the Lamar meter obviously was a phenomenon in the spring, and so I thought we could bring it back by playing off the what are the percentage chance that like the Ravens would have. It's just, it just hasn't hit, and that's on me. Not everything hits, right? Like, not everything is. I. What do you, where, where do you want it? You you tell me. Um. Let's see. Right now. You know, 40, 44. Yeah, is I was thinking right? more 49. 49? Yeah, 49? Right, I think we're 
All right, you said it. Maybe it's your thing moving forward. Yeah, I need you to start taking ownership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we've had this conversation before, right? Like, I want you to have more ownership over what we're doing. So you want to set the Lamar meter moving forward? It's yours. You put it out there. You try to get some traction on social. What happened to our TikTok, by the way? What happened there? Did we just stop sending things to uh, be? Yeah, I might be a week or two behind, but yes, that's. So yes, yes. It's not that you're behind. You just haven't done it. Well, like we're not gonna pull two week old clips. Well, some are maybe always good. Some, it's sports. A lot of this stuff changes regularly, Griffin. So that's on you, not on him. Uh, yeah. But yeah, ownership. Right. Ownership yes. is the word. So this is your thing. You want to do it? It's your thing. Okay. Forty nine percent for the rest of the year. I don't care. I'm out on it. But make it very clear, you're setting it. Glenn has agreed. Yes, with it's fine. I'm just saying when you when you post <laughs> updates, this is from Griffin, right? Yeah. Like so that people aren't trying to fight with me. Yeah. Like if you make oh, it zero percent, I'm not I'm not defending that. I just want it to be known when you post it that like it's Griffin that's setting the Lamar meter moving forward. Yeah. If All you right. want to keep doing it. Okay. All right. All right. If Sounds not, good. you can also quiet quit that, <laughs> but not the other responsibilities that you're supposed to have. Yes, I understand. We got to get back on those, and you know, getting into the contest hey when we come back in patrick stevens will join us we'll talk some college basketball (sighs) if you missed it yesterday stan the fan charles ross grimsley luke jackson got together with scotty mcgregor to talk some baseball that was a fun conversation and if you missed it you can find it at facebook.com slash pressbox sports youtube.com slash pressbox online or pressboxonline.com slash video patrick stevens next it's glenn clark radio Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GLENNCLARK23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, December 12th at Alonzo's on Cold Spring Lane in Roland Park. It's brought to you by Superbook, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of spending. 
specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasIn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. All right, back in here on GCR as we move into hour number two of today's program. Don't forget the Project Game Day returns this Sunday following Ravens-Rams. Myself, Rita, Femi, KZ... Maybe Josh Charles, Andrew Stecka, the whole crew. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Project Game Day every game day this season. Join us there. You can find out more at PressBoxOnline.com slash game day. It's all brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. All right, joining us now here on GCR as he does every Tuesday, he is our friend, college sports guru from the Washington Post, as well as many other locations at Discourse, D1S Course, on Twitter. He is Mr. Patrick Stevens, and he is with us now here on the program. Patrick, good morning. How are you, sir? I am well, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm all right. I, I realize this is not necessarily... The, it feels like this thing this morning could be like some of the most like significant news related to college sports ever, and yet I haven't fully wrapped my head around it. Do, do you have a full understanding of what this would mean, this proposal from the NCAA to, like... I, I, I don't have a full understanding of it, but just sort of the outline that I, I was looking at a little bit ago, kind of, it, it's not shocking, essentially. Like, I mean, first of all, um, I, I think it's fair to say that uh, the current setup, everybody calls it name, image, and likeness, NIL, but it's essentially pay for play. Right. And you are essentially putting it in the hands of fundraisers, technically independent of an athletic department, to raise money 
um, for these various payments, right? And it appears to me what the NCA is proposing is to essentially bring some of that in-house and allow a certain set of self-appointed schools to be able to do more in, in terms of that, the ones that have some sort of financial flexibility, which, of course, we, we can, you know, we can point to, you know, we would have said for a while power five. But let's face it, we're talking about the SEC, the Big Ten and whatever other schools happen to want to you know, throw their lot into this. Um, I think the one thing it clearly does is it sort of creates that uh, separation that everybody has kind of wondered, when's it going to happen, right? right? Like, when are you going to see a breakaway of whatever that number is? Is it 30? Is it 40? Is it 60? Is it 80 schools that are, are sort of operating by a different set of rules? And so you might essentially have, like, you know, you think back 25 years, there are about 100 schools playing 1A slash FBS football. Uh, you might just be recreating that with maybe a few schools slipping in and a few schools slipping out, uh, and then kind of have the second tier that was essentially what you would have considered one double A or, or currently FCS uh, that they had been operating, you know, like they had been in the eighties and the nineties. So there's obviously a different financial element to that. Um, but the thing is that it strikes me more than anything is it's essentially creating even greater opportunities for the schools that have the most money and, and have the potential to generate the most revenue to be able to break further and further away from the NCA structure. Which, to your point, as we've been talking about for for some time, I guess what I still haven't been able to put my thing. And again, I'm only you know starting to read it and see some of this letter that was sent by Charlie Baker. Like, it, it, is this the end? Like, when if when this happens, and I'm going to use the word when because it's felt so mm-hmm. you know obvious for so long. Is this the end of like the NCAA tournament? Is this the, like? Are, when, when they separate and say, hey, these schools are now separated, is it for all sports? Is it just for football? Like, that's that, I guess that's the part of this that to me seems the most significant because if you're separating, you know, UNBC from, you know, North Carolina, then, then I, I, does the NCAA tournament die with it? Well, one of the things that I thought was striking, uh, one of the quick things, again, I haven't read right. a ton on this, haven't figured out a ton, but – you know, th- this line, within the framework of Title IX, invest at least $30,000 per year into an en- enhanced educational trust fund for at least half of the institution's eligible student-athletes. So, to me, that basically says um, you're probably going to be compensating uh, a lot more than just football and men's basketball. Um, I think something else that's, uh, um, th- that's kind of worth <laughs> worth mentioning on this is the NCA has a rule whereby a school to maintain division one status has to maintain X number of sports feel this number of teams. It's 15, I believe. It right. Is. Well, you know, the next step in all of this is essentially uh, getting that number down. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's one of the things that happens uh, unless you have a ton of money and can afford to do it. Um, but clearly uh, there are. I, I don't know if it's necessarily the end of the NCAA as we know it. That may have already happened. Sure. Quite frankly. Sure. Uh, I think. I think the O'Bannon case and all that might have already done that. But uh, I, I do think there's certainly even greater stratification that's going to occur than all than what already has happened 
uh, as a result of this. And I think this, as much as anything else, is bowing to reality more than being some sort of revolutionary. Oh, no, like this is, no question. This is just this is just looking at the at the landscape and saying what choice do you have. No, I, I, Patrick, I completely understand. For me, it's more of like a. Hey, the, 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 these things actually impact a very small number of people, but the average, you know, mouth breather in, in, in our community is just going to be like, hey, can I still sit around and watch basketball for three days in, in March, right? Like, that's the type of thing that I'm trying to get wrap my head around. Yeah, is- and, 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 and I, it would not be astonishing if, if uh, you wound up seeing a, essentially an open tournament. I'm thinking 20 years down the road, maybe yeah. even 10, you know, 10 yeah. or 15, right? Like, it's not hard to imagine that you create – a, a tier and in basketball it's probably a little bit larger because let's face it it doesn't cost as much to put together to a good basketball, basketball team, team yeah. as it does as it does a good football team yeah that's fair so you know if, if you're if you're doing this the interesting thing with the you know this whole framework and at least half of the institutions eligible student athletes you know that actually i think sort of helps a school that doesn't have football right like you 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 have if you're trying to have a football team that is relevant and is making you money. And and you think about even at the lower tier of the FBS level, uh, it's, it's hard to make money on that. Uh, Certainly at the FCS level. And so if you don't have football, then suddenly, you know, you can pour more of this money, Hmm. you know, remember it says invest at least $30,000 per year. It doesn't say, um, you know, 30,000 per student or anything. Right. Um, it could be at 30,000 for, you know, one for a field hockey player could be 3 million for a basketball player. Uh, so, uh, you look at that and you know, there's, there's an opening there, I think for basketball only or, or basketball primary. And I'm thinking largely like the big East here as much as anybody, uh, that they could still be relevant, but it's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility that you end up with a top division one tier of about 120 150 schools and you take 64 out of that and you'd be talking probably at that point about uh how many leagues would you have that would fill up 150 yeah, spots point, 12 10 yeah right right Something like that. 10, 12 okay well now you've got 48 or uh you know 48 to uh, 52 at large spots yep. to play with yeah, it accomplishes so, what they want. It gets rid of the little guys and allows them correct. to keep all of the wealth within. And 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 it, and, 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 and maybe and maybe what you see from uh, from the uh, playoff setup, where you have a single group of five representative, maybe maybe there's like the four best schools from the low, from your bottom half of Division One that get to get to participate in the big tournament or something like that. And that's sort of the olive branch essentially. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that uh, not necessarily, not today or tomorrow, but yeah. before long, that's probably where it's going to be headed. And, you know, un- unlike in football where, you know, you've managed to destroy a lot of the stuff that people found endearing because there's a lot of people that were willing to, you know, just casually watch football on a Saturday I'm not sure the NCAA tournament survives as as much of a cash cow as it is when you have you know a first round 
you know, 7-10 game featuring a pair of 500 teams right. overall from power conferences. Yeah, I don't know that people are a- asking for more NIT in their life. I just don't know that that's the thing that we've heck, been sitting heck, around that's saying. That's CBI, man. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, it's not even NIT. That's a great point. Well, thanks, Patrick. I hate it. So that's where we are. Patrick Stevens with us here on GCR. In the meantime, games are continuing to be played, and unfortunately for uh, people that care about Maryland basketball, the the games have not been good. Um, I I don't really know how much more there is to say other than it is is strikingly difficult for me to see how this ship gets righted. And when you look that poor against an Indiana team that had blown no one away, I – Man, I, I, it starts to think like the, the really the, the bottoming out seems like it could come into conversation here in the next couple of months. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. You know, when you, when you just mentioned the word ship, I thought you were saying something else there, which yeah. would, would have fit in the sentence yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not a good situation. Uh, it's a team that now has. Yeah, they haven't they haven't won a game away from home, right? Like the two games in Nashville, the game at Villanova, now Indiana. Uh, you know, suddenly tomorrow against a Penn State team that isn't very good looks like almost a, a, a cataclysmic type of scenario for Maryland if it if it loses that game. Yeah. Um, you 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 look at it all, and and there's there's again where we talk about sample size, right? Like you're you're at this point. You're eight games in or whatever it is, and that means you're a quarter of the way through. Um, and so you have a pretty good sense of what a team is going to be at this point. And, and right now, this is a team that does play pretty good defense, but mm-hmm. can't score to save itself, can't shoot to save itself, against, except, except against Ryder, I guess. Um, not not good. No, not, not any, no sort of actual you know, postseason profile, which I know is like the furthest thing from anybody's mind at this point, uh, but not not a team that seems capable of doing a whole lot, certainly not away from home, which we saw that last year too, right? So nothing nothing's changed there, but uh, there just simply aren't enough consistent players to be able to feel the lineup right now that's capable of doing much damage at the offensive end. I feel like, you know, again, the shooting can't be all that surprising just because they weren't a good shooting team a year ago. I, I don't know, man. I feel like, and I, I don't want to pile on any of these guys, but I am stunned by how poor Dante Scott has looked. Like, I I, I had sort of, you know, the, we had given up on the idea of, like, Dante Scott, you know, a couple years ago where he was going to rise towards being, like, some sort of standout player, but... It, it feels like it's almost gone the other way with Dante Scott. Oh, the, it's not just that it feels. I mean, yeah. it pretty clearly has. Um, and, and when you look at what he's been able to do over the course of his career, you're, you know, you were right in saying that this was somebody that, you know, when you come out of his sophomore year, you're probably thinking that this is somebody that, that, that has a chance to be a, a really strong figure. And he's, he's gone from, you know, even his junior year uh, was at 12.6 a game. Um, his rebounding has gone down three consecutive seasons now. His scoring has gone from 12-6 two years ago to 11-3 to 9-3. Uh, you know, the three-point shooting, that peaked as a sophomore. Uh, it's a, it's, it's a, he's a player that, that, frankly, this year for sure, hasn't been as good as everybody expected him to be. And the reality is, is that they're simply not deep enough to be able to withstand him and or Julian Reese and or Jameer Young not playing well. Like yeah. they need those three dudes to play well. Yeah. And 
uh, you know, so much of what you can point to, you can point to a number of guys that, that haven't played as well as you thought they were going to, but at least some of them are on the front end of their career and you figure they've got to adjust to the college game and this, that, and the other. And this is a fifth-year senior, uh, a starter, a guy uh, that is, I, be- I believe, going to end up playing in more games that he hasn't already than any other player in Maryland history. He's played in 137 games in Maryland. And, you know, this is probably uh, the most inconsistency that, that Maryland has gotten from him since he was a freshman. It's wild. I mean, it's really, really wild. Um, all right, on the local front, not a whole lot more to be said. Um, <laughs> I, I guess tonight I know there's a TV game as uh, Navy's playing at George Washington, mm-hmm. and it seems like they've maybe started to, to figure some things out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, look, their their identity was always going to be, you know, defense, rebounding, you know, take care of the ball, all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, first off, you know, they, they, they didn't have necessarily the easiest early schedule. Not the hardest, but you know, they played Temple. They went out and played two games out, out in San Diego. Um, you know, Navy's going to be a team that uh, is going to need to, to defend, and they did against both VMI and Coppin State last week at home. Uh, they're still not a very good uh, shooting team themselves. Uh, it's interesting, though, that you know they're forcing a lot of turnovers, uh, and so that kind of makes them a, 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 a different team, I think, than maybe what we've historically seen from Navy. You know, I think when you think about them, they they, they force some, uh, but maybe not to the degree that they're doing right now. Uh, but I think the other thing there too is you know they've got a lot of guys that hadn't played a whole lot. Uh, you know, Austin Benini and Austin Inge both had some experience, but beyond that, there wasn't a whole lot of game experience in that program. They're playing a fair number of freshmen and sophomores. You've got a guy like a Donovan Draper, who's the former football player, uh, who went out and he, he had a double double last uh, in the last time out. He had 15 and nine against VMI. I mean, he's he was probably their best player last week, uh, and so you're probably getting guys accustomed to college basketball, kind of an echo from mentioned earlier what we mentioned earlier about Maryland uh and that's a team that's probably going to get better as the year goes along now do I think they're going to go to GW and win tonight probably not that's a pretty good GW team uh but you are seeing signs of progress down in Annapolis the um I know there's also some TV games you know I mentioned that tonight it's not the only one this week like Towson's on TV a couple times this week that UMBC Mm -hmm. game is on TV and the UMass game is probably about as big of a game as they get at CQ Arena in a while it, it is, and and you know I'm trying to think back to how many other high end teams they've had in there. They obviously had Temple the for the first opener, time, right? And then they opened the place, uh, but they haven't had a whole lot else. They, they, I think LaSalle's been in. Uh, they've had I think a couple other A10 teams. I think GW was up there, uh, but it's certainly an opportunity and a toss up game too. You know how about this for Towson, uh, given its point guard issues at this point, given the uh, the injury to Radier Hicks, the absence of Ninda Tark. Towson is playing at the slowest pace in Division One right now. That's that's weird. That is weird. Like, um, that doesn't seem great. I mean, now, now they were never blazing fast the yeah. last five years. Ago. Yeah, but still. Um, but they were around number three hundred or so out of three sixty some, and and this year they're number three sixty two. And honestly, like shortening a game is probably the best way to do that. Is the best the best path to victory. But the other thing there is, is if you don't have solid point guard play, it becomes harder to find good shots yeah. just because the offense isn't running the way that you would like it. So, you know, I think there is the possibility down the road 
you know, once they have a point guard in place, whether it's Hicks getting healthy, whether it's Hart getting cleared, that we could see kind of a flip for them at some point. But right now, like, offense is really, really hard for that team. And, um, you know, I think you look at a team like a UMass uh, in its second year under Frank Martin, off to a 4-1 and one start. They're not, you know, world beaters by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, they beat South Florida at home the other day. This will be their first road game. Uh, they're, I think they're better than they were last year, and they certainly have a fine combination of players in Matt Cross, the former Miami and Louisville forward, and, and Josh Cohen, who was the NEC player of the year at St. Francis last season. So it is a real test for Towson, and it would be, a, I think, a useful victory, a, a certainly a barometer of sorts, uh, to see if they've gotten a little bit better uh, after, you know, obviously struggling a fair bit in three games so far where they haven't cracked 50 points. And then on the national level, Patrick, I, I guess uh, Purdue's loss to Northwestern told us more about Purdue, Northwestern, or the difficulty of winning on the road in the Big Ten. Overtime game, you know, Northwestern has a veteran guard. How, how yeah. often do our conversations Veteran. He's like in his 10th year, isn't he? <laughs> Boo-Booey? Yeah, I mean, Boo-Booey, still there, yeah. uh, still pretty good. Uh, so... I, I think for Northwestern, that was exactly the kind of victory that it needed, uh, given that its non-conference resume to this point had been beating Dayton at home, which is not a bad win, and then nothing else too terribly surprising. So I think for Northwestern, that's a good thing. You figure Purdue is probably going to give up four games or so, four or five games on the road at some point. Uh, I, I look at a team that had already beaten Gonzaga, Tennessee, and Marquette on neutral courts out in out in Hawaii, uh, maybe due for a trip up there, and then immediately respond by by just blasting Iowa last night. So uh, definitely a, an interesting month ahead for Purdue too, with Alabama and Arizona coming up next. Uh, and of course, uh, by the time they get back into Big Ten play, you know where it'll be. It'll be in College Park at the start of January. Uh, not sure that's uh, not sure that's going to be one of the spots yeah. where Purdue trips up on the road. This yeah, year. it doesn't look like it, but I guess crazier things. Nope, I don't know if crazier things have happened. All right, uh, Patrick, uh, I wanted to have some fun with our game this week, um, so I'm kind of all over the place, and I wanted to start, if you would, just to indulge me because it has nothing to do with the game we typically play. But could you name the four teams that Jim Leland managed? The four teams that Jim Leland managed were the Pittsburgh Pirates from. I believe 1980, was that 87 to 96? Wow, it was from 86 to 96. That's really unbelievable. Okay, okay. Florida from 97 to 98. Yep. Colorado in 1999. Oh, this is wild. And then Detroit was what, 2006 to 13? Shut up. We might do. Maybe we should just call it. Maybe we should just leave it alone. Um, well, I didn't get it completely right. I mean, yeah, I missed you missed one by one year. Right? That's insane. That's insane. So the five team guy that I had for you was admittedly going to be a ball buster. I yeah, we'll roll with it anyway. We got you know we'll make it work. Um, only a, an all star once, a two time Gold Glove award winner. The five team guy I have for you. This is tricky. Fernando Vina. Well, Fernando Vina was definitely a Milwaukee Brewer. Yep. And he was definitely a St. Louis Cardinal. Yep, so you've knocked out basically all of it. There's like a combined season's worth of games between the other three teams. <laughs> <laughs> Great. 
Oh, this 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 is a tough one. One of it's which I re- one of which I remembered somehow. I don't know why I remembered. It was the longest stint of the other three teams. Okay, was this all in one season or no? Was it he spent ninety ninety three. He started somewhere. Ninety four. He was somewhere else for seventy nine games. So he got a couple call twenty four games. Ninety three with one team. Seventy nine games with another team in ninety four. Then Milwaukee and St. Louis. And at the end, he played twenty nine games in two thousand four with another team. Okay, well, I want to say he was a Met. Yes, that's the one that I remembered as well in 94. So that wasn't the first stop. There was a stop. So you've got 24 games at the beginning and 29 games at the end. Okay. Was he he a Marlin at the very beginning? No, not a Marlin, no. Okay. Well, that wasn't a bad idea. No, no, not Uh, at all. So he was actually someplace before the Met. Yes. I had no recollection. Was he in San Diego? Not San Diego. It was Seattle at the beginning. Now, Seattle, I, okay. I have no recollection of that, but actually I do have recollection that he finished his career spending 29 games with the Detroit Tigers in okay. 2004. That one I did have some recollection of. And then because there was so much hullabaloo about college football this weekend, I thought maybe we'd have some fun. Again, I know this one's not – it's a four-teamer. It's Jeff Samarjo was the other one that I had for you <laughs> as a, a former well, Notre Dame football player. Well, I can certainly remember that he was with the Giants and the Cubs and yep. the A's, yep. right? Yep, those are the three. The only other one he spent 2015, the entirety of 2015 somewhere else. Uh, 2015 for Jeff Samarja. Um, you know, this is this is where I would normally say the Dodgers, but I don't think that's right this time. Um, so let's uh, let's toss out the uh, Angels instead. No, it's the White Sox was the other the White spot. Sox did okay. finish the Chicago. Literally played for Notre Dame, the Cubs, and the White Sox. Like Mr. Chicago, Jeff Samarja is sort of the way that he lived his life. Uh, what's the uh, schedule look like for you this week, my friends? Uh, I will be at that Navy GW game we were talking about yep. a little bit earlier. and I'll, That's tonight. And then also uh, Penn State and Maryland tomorrow down in College Park. Uh, Saturday, going to catch Syracuse, Georgetown, plus Loyola and Mount St. Mary's, the Catholic class yeah, nice uh, at Reeds Arena. Yeah. Uh, so that's something to look forward to. And on Monday, going to make the trip up to the Palestra, where Howard will take on Penn. Oh, neat. Very cool. Very cool. At Discourse, D1S Course, as always, is where you follow. And Patrick Stevens, always appreciate you, sir. Thanks for taking the time for us. We'll talk again next Tuesday. Awesome, Glenn. Take care. Patrick Stevens with us here on GCR. Um, and we're going to do Waiver Wire Wednesday here in just one second. It, the thing that Patrick and I were talking about, if you haven't seen it this morning, uh, NCAA, uh, Charlie Baker from the NCAA, they have put out a recommendation to do the thing that we talked about with Len Elmore and the Knight Commission from a couple years ago and just basically split off. Now, the Knight Commission suggested only just have football no longer governed by the NCAA. This is a little bit different than that, it feels like. I'm trying to still wrap my brain around it. But it's basically the thing we've talked about. There will be power conference. There's power conference college football, and then there's everything else. And it's the thing that I keep saying. like They don't want you to be a part of it. They want the people that have the money to be involved. The part of it where the schools, like they're just acknowledging pay for play, that's that's right. Like that's what it is. You're not going to end that. It's It's almost comical that you ask these NIL 
houses to operate outside of the school. They, they're very much school adjacent, but they're not totally encompassed by the school. So why do that anymore? Why not just let them work for the school, allow the schools to have this NIL trust and pay the players directly from there because it's what's happening anyway. So that part of it makes sense. The other part of it, though, is radical. It is. It might not be earth-shattering because it's been suggested by so many people, but it's radical because it will mean, like when I say it will mean that Liberty has no chance of winning a national championship, your response is, well, Liberty has no chance of winning a national championship. And I get that. But the idea has always been that you want everyone to feel like they could. And we remember how crazy it was before Butler moved into the Big East and when they were playing in the Horizon League that Butler made a run to the national championship game and had a chance to win. What a big deal it's been when those lesser schools, and I get it, those lesser schools, some of them now have been elevated, but when lesser schools made runs to the Final Four, when George Mason made it to the Final Four, it was earth-shattering. It was unbelievable that a George Mason could have a chance at winning a national championship. And I get it. None of them did. The national championships are always won by the Blue Bloods. Or every now and then, a, you know, a Maryland poking their head up and you know, pretending to be a Blue Blood for a little while. It is radical because it ends the charade, if you will. And to the, the, the bigger issue, and this is the part that Patrick and I were talking about, like the idea of the NCAA tournament now just being power conference teams, n- no thanks. Like they'll say, well, they're the only programs that actually met. The reason why we love the NCAA tournament is we don't care about these teams. No one can name anyone who plays Arizona State basketball. Besides James Harden, name anyone who has ever played basketball for Arizona State. Yeah. 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 One of the Hurleys is their coach. Thank you. I didn't ask that. It's Bobby, by the way. Yeah, They're the Sun Devils. They are, yes. Again, I asked a question. Thank you. Um, Eddie House played at Arizona State. He had a, a nice NBA career. Uh, Fat Lever played at Arizona State. Had a nice NBA career, right? Like, I, but I mean, I worked out there. Like, I'm not. That's true. Yeah. I, you know, like it's a little bit different for me. Name, name three Clemson basketball players of all all time. Damn, I feel like I should know this. Can you really? Yeah. PJ Hall's there right now. Is he? I think so. You say so. Yeah, P.J. Hall's on Clemson. I don't even know who P.J. Hall is. So. He's just like, I don't know, he's like a random forward. Well, why do you know that? Because he's their leading scorer. Okay. They played the other you night. Bet, you bet on Clemson, didn't you? I did bet on Clemson. Yeah, they, beat Pitt. they beat Pitt. There you go. There you go. Thanks, that's Clemson. The, so, <laughs> Thanks, P.J. Hall. Name three players that played in the past. <laughs> I can't. Yes. Eldon Campbell played at Clemson for sure. That, 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 oh, I hate Terrence Ogilvy still to this day because of what, he would kill Maryland. So I do remember that, and uh, I think, I think, Dale Davis maybe played at Clemson? One of the Davises did. But that that's what we're talking about. Nobody nobody wants that. We don't need more mediocre power conference teams getting in the NCAA tournament. They want that because it traps the money. It keeps the money insulated. 
fans have no interest in that. We're interested because we want to watch desperately the opportunity for Moorhead State to knock somebody off. That's what we're looking for. That's the interesting part. Dirty secret is a lot of people stop watching after the first weekend because they're only watching in the interest of upsets. And there's no upset when, you know, the 14 seed is Providence and they're taking on the three seed North. Nobody cares about that. So we'll have to see where this goes, but it looks like it's leading to a seismic shift in college sports and that this is the first piece of that. Horace Grant went to Clemson. That's right. Horace Grant did go to Clemson. Larry Nance as well. Larry, Both I, of them. I thought Larry Nance went to Wyoming. Oh, Larry Nance Jr. went to yeah. Wyoming. Right. Yeah. Wait. Wait, no, yeah, sorry. Yeah, just senior. Just, just senior yeah, went just to Clemson. Let's uh, get into wa- waiver wire Wednesday. Let's see if I can get some help. Joining us now here on GCR, he is our press box fantasy football analyst. You see all the stuff at pressboxonline.com. He's brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. He is Mr. Joe Serpico. Joe, good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning, guys. Uh, unlike some weeks past where we didn't have a whole lot to talk about, because uh, of uh, the nature of the NFL, we yeah. actually have some players we're going to talk about this week. Uh, you know, you say that, right? Like, So let's let's talk about it, because I saw your list, and I see at the top of the list, understandably so, given the status of Ramon J. Stevenson, Ezekiel Elliott is on your list. Here's my problem with that. That would require me playing someone, yeah, playing someone from the New England Patriots offense. I'm not saying that Ezekiel Elliott shouldn't be grabbed, but how desperate would you have to be to play any player from a team that has scored like 10 points or fewer in each of the last three weeks? Well, yes, you got to obviously be uber desperate to be starting uh, Elliott, but you know, it sounds like the Ramondre Stevens is going to be out uh, more than a, more than one week. So he is somebody you do at least like you said, you got to add to your team. Uh, but you know, based on your running back situation, hopefully you're not that desperate that you got to start nice. Elliott, but um, it's more one of those things. Uh, you got to scoop him up for, you know, I like, like, I like to call it fantasy defense to make sure other other teams around the league can't have them, especially if, let's say, you know, they're the person that has Ramon J. Stevenson, and they were, let's say, they were starting them. Uh, but you're 100% right. That offense is the worst in the NFL, so it's not really something that I'm, like, uber excited about. But at the same time, you know Elliott's going to get a ton of volume, and that's the name of the game of fantasy. I actually have, um, like, a slight bit more interest in Antonio Gibson, but it's only slight because, again, he can't help you this week, and then the question becomes, is he even going to be featured after that? I agree with you totally. Um, if, if the commanders weren't on a bye this week, it would, Gibson would be my number one right. uh, ad this week. But it's because of the buy, you know, it gives Brian Robinson, you know, the added time to kind of heal up. Now, as we know, with any hamstring injury, that could linger. So maybe we do get uh, one week with Gibson. If you are a Brian Robinson owner, you absolutely have to grab him, barring, you know, the case that uh, Brian Robinson does miss uh, week, what would, that would be week 15. But, uh, yeah, he doesn't uh, become a, as big of a priority for the rest of us just because there is that possibility that uh, Robinson doesn't miss any time. I feel like I was going to end up asking you about, like, hey, who is Parker Washington? And But now, like, given the unknown status of Trevor Lawrence moving forward, I assume that we just sort of go back to saying no one that you need to care about. 
As far as quarterback goes? No, I mean Parker Washington, who made a great touchdown catch and was productive, and I had never heard of him before. I just feel like I would only grab him. I would not be grabbing him knowing that we don't know if Trevor Lawrence is going to play. No, absolutely not. Actually, there's a couple other receivers that I uh, have listed. I didn't put on my article. I kind of had a little brain fart, but he definitely should have been included. I, I listed Elijah Moore, who I believe we talked about last week, if not the week prior. Uh, but another one being uh, Noah Brown, who I know we also talked yeah. about a few weeks back, but that being more of the fact that Tank Dell is now out for the season because of injury. Noah Brown uh, looks like he's leapfrog Robert Woods in the pecking order, so he becomes the number two in Houston's, which is crazy to call. You know, we would have never said this going into the season, but Houston's high-powered offense. Uh, so if you're in need of uh, receiver help, I would be going after, let's say, Elijah Moore or Noah Brown other than Washington. He is Joe Serpico, Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst. He is with us here on GCR. Let me cover a couple of things, and we can get back into some of the scoop-ups. Um, I assume that Justin Jefferson is playing this week, and he's Justin Jefferson. We are not overthinking this. We don't need to wait. If you have him, you're playing him, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we saw – wasn't the best game from Dobbs the last time out, but you know that Justin Jefferson is going to be the focal point of the offense. Uh, Kevin O'Connell just flat out said it. He says, I want the quarterback to be whoever's the one that gets to Justin Jefferson. Uh, the ball the best. So yeah, plug and play right away. Don't overthink it. You know, he's was the number one pick for a reason. Guys like that, you just plug in there. It might take a week or two to get up to speed, but based on how they seem to have kind of eased them back in the action, I expect them to be a full go when he is healthy. Um, for people, again, I brought up Trevor Lawrence, so we had one more quarterback injury to the conversation. Did Jake Browning show you something that makes you say he could be an option for teams that are in quarterback you know, injury hell? Yeah, what a year for quarterback injuries, by the way. Because not only that, then you got the uh, the Derek Carr this injury this week as well. Um, Jake Browning, I think, is one of those cases. He was like a top recruit when he came out, but there has been a reason why he's bounced around the league uh, the past couple of years. Now, what I do like is the Bengals' offense seems to see, be exactly the same as it was under Joe Burrow. It's not like they've scaled anything back or anything. Uh, but it's more of a... I need to see it one more time before I'm investing in Jake Browning. Uh, he's getting closer to that line that we have talked about in recent weeks of what quarterbacks, you know, I consider fantasy worthy and not. Let's just say if you need Jake Browning, you're in a world of hurt. Um, but there's other, like I mentioned uh, Derek Carr, I would much rather have, let's say, James Winston going this week who, who's playing against the Panthers as opposed to Jake Browning. Okay, yeah, it's a very good matchup, obviously. Um, are, is it worth putting in waiver claims if he's available for Zach Ertz as we expect him to be on a new team this week? That situation kind of depends on where he lands. If he ends up back in Philadelphia, which seems to be the, um, the rumors that we're hearing the most of, I think that's a situation where it's going to be like what we saw in years past where Ertz and Dallas Scott are kind of shared. And, you know, when one got hurt, the one was a star and then vice versa. Um, if he, let's say, comes to Baltimore, maybe he gets a little bit more run than uh, Isaiah Likely. But I still think that considering the use of Likely, how much they like Likely, I think that's still going to be uh, like a two-headed monster even at that position there. So, for me, it really kind of comes down to where he goes to. I'm not putting in a waiver claim for him, though, just because the other thing being he was banged up before he was released by the Cardinals. Who knows, you know, what's the extent of that injury right now. So, 
I'm kind of holding out to see. Um, I actually was getting ready to put something that we're writing up for Press Box soon. Was, tight end position compared to years past is in a lot better state than it was, let's say, a year ago, two years ago. There's actually like 12 to 14 guys you can rely on as opposed to years past where it just seemed like after the top six or seven, you were just like, you know, WTF to find something there. I say when you say rely on, I, I hear you, but I'm still like last week I was having to choose between – you know, waiting it out to see if Dallas Goddard would play or play Chigakonkwo, and it, the answer is it didn't go well for me. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I still think there's a more of a, a tight end hell than, than I want to acknowledge that there is. I would say absolutely, especially I – mean, I think we're at better stage right now with tight ends and quarterbacks. That's obviously injury related. Yeah. But I do think, you know, there are some guys you can find, you know, you can find, let's say, 10 tight ends that you can, I don't want to say, quote unquote, rely on, but, you know, you feel comfortable starting, you know, going, let's say, like a Jake Ferguson was a guy we weren't really thinking about a whole lot during the season. Even Taysom Hill, uh, we're seeing Drake McBride become maybe a top five tight end right now. Evan Ingram finally found the end zone last night. Uh, so, you know, those are guys that we're seeing in the back ends that, you know, I feel pretty decent about starting each week. And then, of course, you have your, your Kelsey's and your Hawkinson's and, you know, the revelation of Laporte has been this year as well. You included a defense in your write-up at PressBoxOnline.com this week. You're not actually suggesting that it's worth putting in a waiver claim for the Saints defense, are you? I, my exact words were in there. We're spending a buck or two, especially deep. It, we've reached crunch time. Uh, and I see a lot of times where it's, Fantasy owners will just rely on the the big name defenses, so that you know that like they're starting the 49ers defense or the Eagles defense or the Bills defense um, when they should just kind of be playing against the matchups. The reason being that I had the Saints is I kind of alluded before they play the Panthers this week, then the following week they've got the Giants, and then I've kind of been doing a little research for again what's coming at press box of just a couple defenses that I do like in the upcoming weeks that play, you know, pretty bad teams, let's say, come to playoffs that maybe you want a roster as opposed to the aforementioned teams that I mentioned, like the Eagles, who are still going through a rough stretch of games, and then now we know the Cowboys and 49ers are in their, that part of their schedule as well, and even the Ravens for that matter. I am um, I'm thinking about it. Like I have a league where this is the final week of the regular season, and I need a win in order to get in, and like there's a part of me that says maybe I need to put in a, a – a, a claim on uh, the, by the way I, the problem is there's three defenses that are all available like the Texans are facing the Jets the Packers are facing the Giants and the Saints are facing the Panthers like there's too many good defenses available right now for me to say I got to put it in a, a claim and maybe you know spend a dollar in order to get that I I don't know I feel like I might have to pass go ahead there's a receiver I was looking at Jonathan Mingo like now that you know <sighs> Reich is gone. It seems like Mingo has gotten more volume in that passing offense than, which is weird, but he's getting more volume than Thielen. Is that someone that we should be targeting? Uh, he's getting a little, like a lot more run, but it, other than Thielen, it's kind of hard to trust a whole lot of people on that Panthers offense. Like I was just saying, I, I'm trying to target. You know, I know it's the other side of the ball, but we're trying to target the uh, the Panthers. Um, Bryce Young still doesn't impress me. If I, anybody would have to guess, I'm sure the Panthers are upset that they went with that pick over uh, the Texans, obviously. But Mingo, I mean, you're uber, uber desperate if you're going to that route. Like I mentioned before, I'd rather have Moore or Brown who have more, um, you know, more of a track record over the past couple of weeks. And we know that they are going to be focal points of their offense. As opposed to Mingo, I think that's more of a um, – 
a byproduct of just kind of how the things have played the past couple of weeks. I'm not relying on Mingo whatsoever. Um, and then uh, I assume that we are completely like I, I I did it for a little bit, but we've completely given up on the stashing Aaron Rodgers at this point. Yeah, I've been stashing him too, but it just doesn't seem like that it's feasible at this point. It doesn't look like he's going to come back. And even if so, let's say he's back for the fantasy playoffs, do you really want to rely on a guy who's coming off an Achilles injury? And it probably won't, it could be one play away from being out again. Um, so, no, yeah, I'm kind of giving up on that. Um, kind of what, But going back to what we were just talking about with Mingo, this is what we saw this past week with all the injuries of the running back position is kind of why I keep saying to stash these handcuffs as opposed to, you know, a Jonathan Mingo. I mean, if you really need to know a Brown to start this week, go ahead and grab him. But I would, you know, much rather be holding on to a, let's say, a Kenneth Deanwell, who seems to be getting more run this week, or a Ty Chandler, who we talked about in, uh, in past weeks. You know, I would much rather hold on to one of, the go- one of those guys in the event of injury as opposed to, you know, holding on to, let's say, a fourth or fifth receiver that you don't need unless, you know, catastrophic injuries keep happening at the receiver position. All right. Anything else that we should know going into this week, Joe? No, nah, the only other person that I kind of have written down was because of the Christian Watson injury. That kind of brings me back to Jaden Reed. But again, that kind of goes I, to I what like I was, was saying before. Up, you have to be, you got to be, you know, really desperate to be starting those guys. And now that we, we have bye weeks this week, but it's the last two. Um, so after this, you don't really need to have as many of these like bench stashes uh, at the receiver position. But if you need somebody, you know, in a pinch, that's an option for you. At Joe Serp on Twitter is how you follow him, pressboxonline.com to see his stuff. Joe Serpico, appreciate you, man. Thanks for taking the time. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Absolutely, guys. Take care. Joe Serpico brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Griffin, you want to let us know what's going on over at Live Casino and Hotel? Sure. Uh, if They have the second chance to win drawing right now. So if luck wasn't on your side at a recent bet... Over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, well, you can turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion between now and January 4th, 2024. All Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards members will be, will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum. And then two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen with prizes ranging from Live Casino and Hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social ultimate happy hour prizes, plus cash and free play worth up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday over at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Must, or Adirondack Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLING. The Jets are so comically, like, absurd. So... So this weekend comes the story that like Aaron Rodgers, it's it's essentially now known that like he can't play, and Ian Rappaport and I I have no ill will towards Ian, but it just feels like he's doing PR for Aaron Rodgers now. Suggested that the answer instead for the Jets would be that they quote unquote activate him, not to play, but to let him be. The, the third quarterback, the inactive third quarterback on a game day so that he can have, like, a victory lap. Like, I did it, even though he wouldn't be playing. And I, I don't know if it's more absurd that the Jets are thinking that or that it would be... I have no idea how to... Dis- the levels of absurdity of this are unprecedented. 
the argument would be you're trying to you're trying to show that how hard Aaron Rodgers worked and you want to reward him in some way for working so hard to try to come back. My God, he's 40 years old. If a 40-year-old man needs some sort of like helmet sticker in order to feel good about himself, well, I mean, holy f. Like what what planet are we living on? That Aaron Rodgers needs a, a, a toy. In order to go to the dentist, he needs to make sure he can go to the treasure chest and pull out a, a, a cup and ball afterwards. What the F is that? He can't play, but they'd make him the emergency game day third quarterback in order to, to show his triumph over his haters or whatever nonsense you're talking about for a guy that fights with a certain type of people seems really snowflakey to me seems really participation trophy to me holy hell like I I, I get it Ian Rappaport's being paid by the National Football League so like he's good but as he's writing the words like I just as a human I can't believe the next word that comes out of your mouth isn't, I know this is absolutely bat-s-stupid. But trust me, it's actually something they're thinking about. I listened to it because I happened to be leaving trivia last night uh, as the Monday Night Football game was on. So I was listening on, uh, because I'm a company man on 105.7 The Fan. And he does like a halftime hit with Rich Eisen. And... Like, Rich Eisen, because, again, everybody's in on it. Like, they're all being paid. They all understand how this works. Like, nobody's willing to say, like, wow, that sounds stupid. <laughs> like, no one is willing to just step in. Like, they're all just like, oh, that's uh, uh, kind of interesting. No, it's not. If he can't play, what are you doing? Well, they're not going to make the playoffs or anything, so. So you need a ceremonial He's Aaron Rodgers. Apparently, the Jets love having jobs for quarterbacks that don't play. Because Zach Wilson's not going to play either. They're going to be kicking themselves for the best quarterback in franchise history walk. Sure. Now playing for the Browns. What an absurd story this is that, like, as it's being reported, is going unchecked, is going without anyone saying, wow, that's stupid. Like, we're all just reacting to it. Like, oh, you know, that's kind of interesting. Like, yeah, how about that? You could reward him for his you know, hard work. Right, let, him, let him be the third quarterback and be inactive. And, like, uh, kind of, what? Like, what? Well, that's how he shows his leadership. What? So, so, you're, so that's why you're dropping him. Well, I'm dropping him because they said he's not going to play. That's why I'm going to drop well, he's him. he's the third quarterback. You never know. No. They're basically telling you he can't play. They're going to do it for ceremony. So will they stop like a halftime thing? I don't know. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life, and we're all just acting very casual about it, in part because the Jets are a calamity, right? Like, So when we list the embarrassing things about the Jets – Letting Aaron Rodgers come back to not play isn't even at the top. It's like, yeah, all right. Like, I, they've done 50 more embarrassing things than that. 
But it's so insanely stupid. Like, how fragile is Aaron? Like, he needs to prove he was right or he could defy medicine. And the way he's going to prove that is by not playing football. Well, he's going to be on Which is what everyone said he wasn't going to be able to do. But he's going to prove it to you by not playing football. What? All gone crazy. You ever seen a guy tear his Achilles and then be on the practice squad I, three months later? No, he wouldn't be on the practice squad. He would have to be activated. Well, I guess they could make him a practice squad elevation, but you would have yeah. to put him on the practice squad, and then someone could sign him off the practice squad. So they're not going to do that. So they might, well, he's well, no going one's to have sign to him be, off. You say that. He's, what's, he's kind of getting yeah, I don't, I'm not suggesting that it's something they would do, but there were teams that wanted Aaron Rodgers this offseason. So. That'd be actually, that would be interesting because there's, I mean, of all the quarterback injuries... Aaron's They're not no putting anywhere. him on the practice squad. They're going to activate him. They're going to give him a roster spot, which, again, I get it. It's the Jets. The roster spots are irrelevant. They're terrible. I understand all of your arguments as to why, well, they could do this. They might. It can't hurt. Why? Again, it's easy to say, Aaron, appreciate your efforts, big guy. We'll see you next year. That's okay. You're allowed to do that. I think he wants to show that. The only, the only, if he was on the sideline, they'd be winning games. He's been on the sideline. Well, if he was, you know, athletically capable, <laughs> so, just his mere presence. So stupid. It's so unfathomably stupid. And every, every Ian Rappaport's just going on every network, like, well, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. He's literally saying those words because, like, that's what he's gotten from his source it's to say. It's interesting. Like, I this I think this could be really interesting hey, because that's interesting. that's what they want him to say. Like whoever from the Jets or you know Aaron Rodgers camp is telling him about this, or they're telling him the that he has to say it's interesting. Like you know, sell this for us. Like help help us make this seem like it's a good idea. And it's working. Like and so Ian Rappaport goes on television and says, "Well, you know, this is I, guys. I think this is really unique. I think this is a really interesting thing that they could do, and it and it allows Aaron Rodgers to like make a statement. No, it's not. It's stupid. And nobody's willing to say that because they're all employed by the NFL. And so they all want to help protect their whole thing. Living in bizarro world, man. Well, like bizarro world. He's and not yes, going to play, so. Zach Wilson. It'll be a non-story. They want to go back to Zach Wilson. And he said, didn't and he Zach, say? Zach Wilson said, thanks, think... but no thanks. <laughs> now. What if, what if everyone just refuses? There's then, a, then Aaron's the only one that wants to play quarterback. There's a couple chance. of interesting layers to Zach Wilson saying thanks, but no thanks, right? The first interesting layer is somebody would say, well, why? You know, they, they benched him. Why should he go back? Well, you know, it's not like Zach Wilson's in demand. So it's easy to say, well, he's risking injury for a team that's done and that already turned their back on him. Fine. The reward would be, right now, no one thinks you're capable of playing football. No one believes that Zach Wilson is an NFL-caliber quarterback. Maybe, if you were to play football, you would have the chance to show at least a glimpse of you being an NFL-caliber quarterback. Now, I understand there's there's not 100 NFL-caliber quarterbacks in the world, and there's almost 15. <laughs> yeah, maybe. 
Well, I'm mean, trying to think of how many teams, because not everybody carries a third quarterback. So how many actual jobs are there available? But most teams have a quarterback on their practice yeah. squad. So, like so 90, I would say there's 90, there's close to 100. 90 to there's close to 100 employed NFL quarterbacks every year, despite the fact that there aren't 100 NFL caliber quarterbacks. So it's totally possible that despite the fact that Zach Wilson obviously isn't an NFL caliber, caliber quarterback, someone will continue to employ him moving forward. It's yeah, totally... The Tiger Cats. Yeah, yeah they, they might be very interested. It's But it's possible that like next year the... And I'm trying to think of who – I don't even know who would know Zach Wilson that there would be – but just a spitball, right? Like that next year the Carolina Panthers don't want to pay Andy Dalton real money anymore. And so they say, well, we'll go cheap and we'll just – Zach Wilson can be our quarterback. Although he's still, still, still under contract for one more year. Zach. Because he would still – I'm sure they'd find a way to – if another team wanted him – yeah, I, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, the point just being, you're not, an opportunity to show that you have any ability at all to play might be a good thing for you, Zach. What's his contract? He, yeah, he is under contract. Yeah, because he would have been, because he was a first round pick. Yeah, so Jeez. they did not pick up. Well, or I, when do they, when do you have to decide if you're On the fifth year option? Would yeah, I the, before the, his fourth yeah. year. So over this offseason, they have to. They have to decide about his fifth year option. Presumably, they're going to choose not to. I don't know. Who knows I'm what gonna, this next five I'm just going to guess. That they're not going to pick up that fifth year option. Um, it, it's just, it, it, I like you can say you understand his thought process, but you also can't understand his thought process, dude. You're you have no opportunity in front of you. No one in the world is thinking, I want to sign Zach Wilson. So the injury part of this is not a risk. This is purely an ego thing. You you turned your back on me, so I don't want to go back and play anymore. Dude, you should be begging for an opportunity to play in the National Football League because the the reality is there's probably not going to be many more opportunities in your life for you to line up and play in a National Football League game. I get it. All the quarterbacks get hurt, so like you know, maybe another chance could come up in, in the future. But it's totally possible that we'll look back and say this was it. This was the last chance that Zach Wilson had to play National Football League games. This isn't Baker Mayfield, who at least showed signs at one point of being a quarterback. Like It made sense for other teams to say, hey, if we don't actually have a quarterback, maybe we let Baker Mayfield run around and pretend to be a quarterback for a little while. Zach Wilson has never shown any sign that he is capable of doing this. And in his mind, I'm thinking that he probably thinks he's Baker Mayfield, that someone would say, ah, if number we, we don't have yeah. a quarterback next year, we'll let Zach Wilson come in and compete. But Baker Mayfield actually played the quarterback position at a we capable won level. Yes. I mean, at times he was more than capable. At times he looked good playing the quarterback position. It made sense for other teams to give Baker Mayfield a shot if they didn't have a quarterback. It doesn't make sense to do that with Zach Wilson because he's had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity and has never sniffed the idea of looking like an NFL quarterback. Imagine that guy being like, I'm good. I'm good. I don't want to get hurt. It might hurt my value. What value? To who? CFL. Again, yes, they're signing the XFL in the offseason. Want to make sure you don't get hurt so you can go play for the 
DC probably, defenders. Probably, maybe that maybe that'll just be his thing. You know, he dices up these. He just becomes. He plays in as many of these leagues as he's allowed to play in, right? Yeah, they're coming back. The arena league's coming back next year. He's going to be the MVP of all those leagues. Just can't play in the NFL. All so bloody funny, man. And then you're like, like in Baltimore, we we yell about decisions. Like, imagine being a Jets fan. This is when I, whenever you guys start screaming about John Harbaugh, I'm like, please return to reality. I beg you. I get it. Imagine if David Tepper was our owner. Like, I, 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 that guy, I, I hate the fact that John Harbaugh screws up certain things too. Like, it drives me nuts. I wish he was more consistent. But holy F, man. All they do is win and be relevant and, like, not this. Not no quarterback wants to play a game on Sunday. Please. Deal in reality when we speak about these things. That's all I ask for. Puka Nakua apparently is good to go for Sunday against the Ravens. Thank you. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're doing the fantasy football <laughs> bit. <laughs> you forgot. There is another element to it. Yeah, I you finished the sentence. That, I, the reality is I'm, like, in one league, I don't think I'm going to play him. In another league, I have to because I don't know what Christian Watson's story is. But in one league, I think I'm going to bench him this week anyway because I'll play Jalen Waddell and Justin Jefferson instead. All right. All right. Um, today's show also brought to you. I feel like that's the reverse lock you have. The reverse to start lock. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where it's like, okay, if he does great, then all right, my fantasy team wins. If he does poorly, it's like, all right. Yeah. At Ravens least the Ravens. Yeah. Correct. Good. Kept in the check. Today's show brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox. Final days for you to get this one. Uh, we are putting the finishing touches on the best of issue, which will be on stands uh, next week. In fact. But this one's still available for a few more days. Go pick it up at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find press box. Um, a lot of college basketball, a lot of Brooks Robinson uh, reflection, a lot of great stuff in that print issue of press box. When we come back in, we'll get a tidbit and we'll get tubular to wind down for a Tuesday edition of GCR. Hey, Ravens fans, looking for the perfect new game day brew? Get a Guilford, Baltimore's finest craft beer, during the next home game at the bank. That's not all. Gather your flock next home game and check out Guilford Hall Brewery's brand new bar, The Gilly Nest, located near Section 505. No tickets? No problem. Enjoy all Ravens games all season long at our restaurant and brewery in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery, European tradition, Baltimore charm. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Brace yourselves for an unparalleled game day experience at the new Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbook in Canton and Towson. Experience the thrill of live, in-person betting with Baltimore's only state-of-the-art Vegas viewing TV experience. Choose between a person-to-person experience with their on-site tellers or the convenience of their self-bet kiosks to place your bets. Gather your betting buddies and head over to the Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks today. Green Turtle Bet Park Sportsbooks in Towson and Canton. The ultimate destination for game day excitement, Great food and live in-person betting. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Go to mdgamblinghelp.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels. Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis. AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? What's your deal? Anthony said that uh, my Pelicans apparently reached out to him. I saw that this morning. He's yeah. doing like a thing with Dezus um, from Dezus and Mero. Like he's doing a pod, I think a podcast. And he said that like his offers were from China and the Pelicans. <laughs> so he said, eh. Yeah, I'm good. Eh. I'm all right. You didn't want to play with Zion? Well, you didn't want Zion to sit on the bench while he played? I guess. I don't I don't know, man. I have. It's a very <laughs> weird bit. Yeah, Griffin uh, still alive. One of, oh, uh, yeah. six of six folks still alive to uh, win our pot for the NBA in season tournament. But I don't care about that. What I care about now is you getting in for the college football bowl pick unlike Griffin, and who's not in. I will be. You say I so. Time to sit down a lot of people have told me they will be in. The number, the disparity on this one between the people that have told me I'm in and the people that have actually paid to be in, significant. There is a difference between those two things. So I need you to step up and get in. We need to fill this pool. So today... Venmo, Glenn Dash Clark, Glenn Clark 180 on PayPal, Cash App, Glenn Clark Radio. It's 20 bucks. 50 50 bull pick'em contest. Winner gets half the pot, the other half the pot goes to helping the helping up mission. Got it? Capiche? Telling you, I'm going to start naming names, not just Griffin. going to start naming names. Hopefully tomorrow you're I won't welcome. be able to name Griffin's name yeah, anymore. Is, you're welcome, everybody. So I'm taking yeah. up a day for you. Yeah, let's, uh, let's so get you don't on. Get called out. Let's get on that. All right, uh, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by... Ooh, this one's going to be brought to you by Superbook Sports. 
What are the uh, what do you think the lines are for the games tonight? The NBA in season tournament games. Uh, Knicks see. Bucks. That one. Well, the Bucks will be favored. I'll go three minus three. And a half. Five oh. is the number there. Five. I you know it's really interesting what we saw last night is the Pacers were the perfect team because they're the team that could care about this. Yeah. They're the team who for whom five hundred thousand dollars like is a big deal because they have the lowest payroll in the entire NBA. We should have identified the Pacers from the get-go as being like a team that would be, oh, man, we'll take 500 grand. That sounds great. Also helps that Halliburton wants to be an, he wants to be MVP, it seems like. Yeah, it's still, still a – oh, of the, you mean of the in-season tournament? Well, yeah, the IST, of course, and uh, maybe maybe the regular season. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. Long way to go, man. For for most of the world, NBA season hasn't began yet. So let's maybe settle down on all that. Wait for LeBron James to tie his laces. And yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, he's not going to win. The MVP. But. Uh, the other game tonight is Suns-Lakers in L.A. What do you think the line is there? Mm, I'm going to say uh, who who for the Suns isn't playing. Um, <laughs> I actually don't even know. I'll go Suns favored by. Suns actually one and a half point dogs. Really? One and a half so point who's dogs tonight. Someone's uh, uh, Everyone? <laughs> hang on. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that might just be because the Lakers at home. That they're, yeah. Um, the Lakers have been decent. Uh, Bradley Beal remains out, but that's that's it. I mean, Bradley Beal's been out the entire season, so that's Big not new. Big hey, man, it, yeah. we, those, those 10 games he plays are going to be magic. That should be a good one. I, that one, I would think. Is, I mean, like since, should be. since it's like standalone games, like that's the draw, I think. So what's interesting about tonight is that these are two teams that both believe they're competing for something real. Mm-hmm. Like, for these two teams winning this in-season... The Pelicans-Kings. Ke- Kevin Durant is just petty enough that, like, he could convince himself that winning this thing means something, right? Like, he's just a weirdo enough that, like, he might convince himself that I have something that LeBron doesn't. Maybe both of them would convince themselves of that. This would be a great game tonight. God, this thing is so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. Like, if... I, I don't have that words. Now, thankfully, it does matter. So, like, it it's not like... Like, the championship game is the weird bit. If Bradley Beal was, like, close and could push himself to play in the championship game, I'd be furious if he did. Because <laughs> it doesn't count. It's not a real basketball game. It's just this dumb thing, and I don't care about that. But these are still real basketball games. So if Bradley Beal was close, I'd be in favor of him playing. I, I don't I don't want anyone to play. If the Suns make it to the championship, I want them to sit all of their guys because it's not a real basketball what game. if they win? No. Who gives a flying First F? ever. Thank you. God, it's so dumb. You want to bet either one of those games tonight, get to a Superbook.com, download the Superbook app, use the code GlennClark23 when you sign up, and you'll receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match. Win or lose against Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. While we were talking about it, uh, the last time that the Suns and Lakers played, Durant and LeBron became the first pair of players at 35 or older to both score 32 Do you think points. if we invited this young lady in to do an interview with us that she'd be willing to... Um, I, I just mean, have so many questions. All she can say is no. I just <laughs> want to know. I would like you to book this young lady on our show. She did Start look over this time. She looked over. Hey, I just, I would like to know. All the there is a young lady. She seems very nice. 
And like five times a day, she's just out for a walk. She's derailed the show now twice. It doesn't appear as though she's walking just from one, because she like makes laps. Yeah, she comes from this way It'd be sometimes. one thing if like I just thought she was walking to her car and then walking back, but we, we see her making laps. And like, that's cool. I love the idea of just going for a walk. Like I want to do that now moving forward, but I just, I'm fascinated by the what, why, where, when, how. Like, I want to know, all as a reporter, I want to get to the bottom of gotcha. it. Gotcha. There's got to be something greater to this. Like, there just has to be, like, is it just a health thing? Is it right. just, like, I've decided that, like, in my work structure, I have set up that I need to go walking five times during the day? And if it is, I, I love that. And the company allows that. That's wonderful. We're going to start instituting walks around here. There used to be a bit, I think Opie and Anthony, because they did their show... They did a, they did this weird bit. They did a morning show that was on CBS radio, like nationally after Howard Stern left. But they were also then on Sirius XM. And like the studios were kind of close to each other in New York. So it, they would walk from the one studio to the other and like have like headsets on. And it was like part of their shtick gotcha. was this walk and like people that they would see on the street. And it was it was a good bit. I thought it was a really Street's good bit. New York, yeah. yeah, right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, Pukunukua, who we know now, will play. Uh, he became the only rookie I mean, out as of today. He will play. I don't know what might happen this week. Uh, he became the only rookie who was drafted outside of the top 100 to reach 1,000 yards during his rookie season. You have any idea who the other non-top 100 rookie wide receiver might be that is that reached 1,000 yards? In his rookie season? In his rookie that, season. Would that be Tyreek? Not Tyreek. Antonio Brown? Not Antonio Brown. I'm not doing him anymore. Appreciate it. Forgot. Got to keep his name out of our Oh, uh, Mark, uh, Mark, Marcus Colston. Yes, Marcus Colston, 100%. Correct, correct. Yep. With the New Orleans Saints. Yep. Yeah. Remember, they got rid of um, Joe Horn. Like, before Marcus Colston ever played a down, wow. they went ahead and released Marcus uh, Joe Horn, and everybody was like, what the F? I love Marquis. And they were Marcus going on about how they were raving about this kid, Marcus Colston. We we're like, who is that guy? I'd always trade for him in Madden and trade him to the Ravens. Hell of a player, man. Joe, I, Fla- I, Joe Flacco and him, that was a connection. I definitely <laughs> traded Marcus Colston to the Ravens playing Madden, and I stopped playing Madden 20 years ago or something like that. Jake Browning, last night he became the first quarterback in NFL history to complete 85% of his passes, 350 yards, while also rushing for 20 yards and a rushing touchdown. <laughs> okay, that's a that's a hell of a qualifier. Only quarterback 20 yards. to ever do it. Um, okay, so yeah. I eased these... Uh, uh, ease those requirements a little bit. <laughs> you ease them from twenty yards? Not, well, no, I no, I, I eased it from the passing, you know, completion percentage. It's tough, tough to do. I mean, okay. those are all extreme things. Um, so he since twenty fifteen, well, since two thousand, uh, all since twenty fifteen, he is the tenth player with an eighty percent completion percentage, three hundred passing yards, and a rushing touchdown in one game. He is the tenth player to do that. Would you like to guess the next, the other nine? They're all since twenty fifteen. Give me the numbers one more time. 80% completion yes. percentage, yes. 300 passing yards, and one rushing touchdown. Not quite the Jake Browning, but... It could be anyone. I mean, like, there's nothing in there that gives away who you should be looking for. I also did... There are also 10, uh, if you take out, not, instead of a rushing touchdown, just 20 rushing yards. If you want to do that instead. Well, I mean, still, 20 rushing yards is not it's that... I mean, at least... at least enough list. At least it's not just somebody that falls forward for... I mean, right. we'll do, whatever. I don't care. Griffin. Give me the rushing touchdown, guys. So this could be anybody. Nine of them. Uh, Lamar. Lamar did not has not done. Eighty percent is a tough number. He would be on the other list with twenty rushing yards. Okay, in one of those. That's really weird. 
Um, Cam Newton. Not Cam Newton. Maybe I shouldn't start with the rushing quarterbacks. Maybe I should start with the passing quarterbacks. How about Jalen Hurts? Uh, yes, Jalen Hurts is on this list. How about Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes is on this list. How about Josh Allen? Josh Allen is on this list. How about Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers is on this list. How about Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson, he's not on this one. He would be on our 20 rushing yards list. There's only so many quarterbacks. Dak. Dak Prescott, not on either list. Kyler. Kyler, I believe, is on both. So I've got five. Yes, so there's six. Three, there's three so more. more. There's four more? God. Oh, you went to the whole top ten. Yeah. Herbert. Mm, yes, Justin Herbert. Tua. Not Tua. Lawrence. Not Trevor Lawrence. Burrow. Joe Burrow is on this list. Watson. Not Watson. He's on the other one. Fields? Not Justin Fields. He will be on the other one as well. I should have had to do both. I mean, I'm just naming the quarterbacks, man. I'm trying to think of who you haven't named off the other one. Brady. Uh, okay, so there's two on both lists now that you haven't named. Not Brady. Goff. Not Goff. Since 2015? Yes. Breeze. Not Drew Breeze. He could have fallen forward for right. a touchdown. Mariota. Marcus Mariota. He is on one of the he, – which list do you think he's on? The 20 yards. Yes, he is. Okay. <laughs> one more left on that one. I'm doing here. <laughs> so dumb. Guys, uh, 2015, 2015. Kaepernick. Mm, not Colin Kaepernick. Carr. Mm, not Derek Carr. Tannehill. Or David Carr. Uh, not Tannehill. You're getting kind of closer. Mayfield. Not Mayfield. Getting kind of closer. Yeah. Think about Tannehill. Like you know, he could run if he needed to, but what? More of a pocket guy. Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger. Which list is he on? The touchdown list. No. No, he's on the twenty. He's yard. on the twenty yards list. Scram- scampered for twenty. Luck. Mm, no, not Andrew Luck. That's a good guess. It's kind of surprising. Yeah, it is. So two more on the rushing touchdown list. They were in 2015 and 2016. You're asking me to remember who the quarterbacks were in 2015 and 2016. Tim Tebow. No, not Tim. He was before 2015. Never mind. Blake Bortles. Not Blake Bortles. Uh, 2016. He went to the Vikings the year after 2016, where he Teddy made, Bridgewater. No, not Teddy Bridgewater. He was always in Minnesota. He wasn't always in Minnesota. He might have been well, drafted yeah, by Minnesota, right. but he wasn't always in Minnesota. Well, um, before he made a very memorable play with the 2017 Vikings. Oh, Case Keenum. Case Keenum yeah. with the Rams in 2016. Sure. And, and then this, Sam Bradford. Not Sam Bradford. He is a current Viking. He did not do this with the Vikings. Oh, Cousins. Kirk yeah. Cousins. Like, was it Dobbs? Yeah. Yeah. What, was this still you like that game? It might have been. been. Yeah. Might have been. Who knows? All right. I'd say very good, but it was very weird more than anything else. Jake Browning for you. Jordan's sure. A, a interesting some, company. A lot of people. It's interesting. It, you should, I you guess should, you we should can go it's about interesting. It. Yeah. You know, this is really interesting, guys. Like, they could they could let him not play. Like, And then what he would be doing is proving that he could play. <laughs> what? Rich Eisen's just like, no, huh, huh, you know what he The NFL team wouldn't you know make him active. That, that is interesting. He's not active. It's so stupid. 
All right, uh, tubular is brought to you by. He'll like, he'll like take like you know like the fourth quarter snap or something and just hand it off for one play. I I mean and they weren't even suggesting that <laughs> they were suggesting. And be like, wow, he just stand on the sideline. Incredible to prove that he had conquered. So dumb, so dumb. All right, um, uh, the Toy Tacoma comes in a range. I think I don't even think I said that right. I think I said the Toy Tacoma. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. As I mentioned earlier, Navy George Washington, 7 o'clock on Monumental tonight. ESPN Plus from Mount St. Mary's and Ole Miss at 8. Uh, Peacock has some Big Ten hoops. Wisconsin, Michigan State at 7. Indiana, Michigan at 9. Uh, the Jimmy V Classic is tonight Maryland, on ESPN. Maryland didn't make the Peacock broadcast? Oh, they're tomorrow. Oh, that's right. They are tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow night is when Maryland's playing. I know we're at the point where no one's going to know and no one's going to care. I have to because the game's there on 105.7 The Fan, which means there's no Rita and Glenn tomorrow night on 105.7 The Fan. Oh. ESPN's got, by the people, way, the people might have, I, there, I think tomorrow they, there might be pitchforks. Uh, the Jimmy V Classic is tonight on ESPN, 630 Florida Atlantic, Illinois, and then North Carolina UConn at 9. Um, Good ones. Yeah, they're, they're not bad. Uh, ESPN 2's got Villanova, Kansas State at 7, Seton Hall, Baylor. I guess it's the there's a Big, e, or Big East, Big 12, 12 thing. Yeah, the battle. Sure. The uh, battle. Seton Hall, Baylor at 9. ESPNU is Providence, Oklahoma at 7. And then San Diego State, Grand Canyon at 9. Apparently at Grand Canyon, they've been, like, camped out yeah, for this game. Like, so, they have been camped. The students have been camping out for a visit from San Diego State. So, yeah, I'll look at the score. I guess. Uh, CBS Sports Network, Oklahoma State, Southern Illinois at 9. SEC Network has Georgia Tech, Georgia at 7.30. Everything else college hoops-wise, go to glennclarkradio.com. As we mentioned, the in-season tournament tonight. IST. Yeah. Shh. <laughs> What are we doing? The NBA IST. Yeah, that's right. Knicks Bulls, 730. And uh, yeah, we didn't even know who the Knicks were playing tonight. Knicks Bucks. Bulls, 730. You oh, sorry, Bulls. Bulls. I did say. Yeah, it is the Bucks. Okay. Knicks Bucks at who 730. Sun, it is the Bucks. Knicks Bucks <laughs> at 730. Suns Lakers at 10. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Red Wings Sabres at 730. NHL Network Devils Canucks at 10. Uh, True TV, for some reason, is where you find the U.S. Women's National Team tonight against China at 8 o'clock for a friendly. I don't know if that's like. The other networks being like, it's China. We don't want to be involved. I have no idea. It's very weird. TV's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get the TNT's airing the in-season tournament, but I don't yeah. know why TBS wouldn't pick up that game. Is TBS doing an alternate broadcast? They have wipeout. The in- it is wipeout night on uh, TBS. You can't. You can, certainly John can't. Cena, and you I don't even know who's hosting that. Uh, N- Nicole. Yeah. I don't even know what her name is. USA, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Ah, I did not put down who they're playing. Wolves? No, it's just them, the Wolves. Just go out and watch well, the that's Wolves. That's all no one cares about anyway. Um, who are they playing? They're playing Burnley today at 2.30. Ooh, that's that's, a, that's a J.J. Watt's team. Oh, is it? Yeah. If you say so. And then WWE NXT tonight at 8. Anything non-sports-wise? Uh, Besides, of course, course Wipeout, wipeout yeah. on TBS. Can't miss that. At 9 o'clock. Uh, the Hard Knocks in-season continues with the Miami Dolphins. I know I was Shame, I, shame I, it was the Jets. It. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, Fargo, new episode on FX at 10. Uh, Elizabeth Banks will be on Seth Meyers, and then Julia Roberts will be on Fallon. She's got a movie coming out on Netflix called Leave the World Behind. Is Friday. Elizabeth Banks promoting a Cocaine Bear sequel? Because I'm all in if that, that's the I case. Know, that would, that's what I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is the voice in that new uh, Migration movie, uh, uh, that kid's like animated okay. movie. Sure. Migration. Okay. About the ducks that fly isn't that, south for the isn't, winter. Isn't that, migrate. isn't that wonderful? Isn't that, isn't that lovely? We didn't talk about the Heisman finalists: Jaden Daniels, Marvin Harrison, Bo Nix, and Michael Penix. I assume Jaden Daniels wins now. Like I assume, yeah. because I think Bo Nix was the best was Friday night of I think the best weekend I guess of any of the 
quarterbacks. What? Jay Daniels said that he didn't. He didn't have to play any. Right. I was like, I was like, what are we? Um, I mean, Michael Penix, you could default to as being the quarterback of the undefeated team, like that. You could default a vote to Michael mm-hmm. Penix, but he wasn't as spectacular as the season went on. Bo Nix was considered the favorite, but then I think when he lost, I I feel like the Bo Nix voters moved to back to Jaden Daniels because he was the most spectacular player all season long. But I would if it, the, the again if Ohio State had won the Big Ten, I would absolutely vote for Marvin Harrison yeah. Jr. But because they didn't. That gets a tough sell. Jaden Daniels did win the John Unitas Golden Arm Award um, here locally. And we also didn't talk about the award. I don't – you guys are getting – Oh, because of the Brandon Hyde? The, and no, the Baltimore Banner story yesterday oh. about, like, they're, they're apparently now being further disagreements about this memorandum of understanding. Oh. You guys I, – I don't talk about it because we are so obsessed with the lease that we're detached from reality. Like, I get it. I want the lease to be signed too. And I want to get all this figured out. But, like, even the banner trapes in this when, like, they sent out a tweet that was like, and they have a, you know, a, a, they're up against a, a December 31st deadline. A deadline for what? The Orioles aren't moving. <laughs> like, we're just saying things. I get it, the lease expires on December 31st, but that doesn't mean that, like, the team has to fold. They could sign a new lease. On January 15th. And it would count? You're telling me it would count? It would, believe it or not. It, again, I get it. Like, I I understand why we're bothered by these things, but we're acting as though there's some big dramatic thing that occurs, like a, a midnight countdown on December 31st. If the clock strikes midnight, then the, right, the stadium implodes. <laughs> like, we've just got to use a little bit of critical thinking, man. I, I, I understand that we all want the lease to be done, and it's very frustrating and all of that. I get it. And apparently there's a stadium authority meeting today. Like, I understand that why we're all so frustrated by it. But, like, we're pretending as though there's, there's something that it's uh, – like, if there's no lease in place on December 31st, then the team is moving to Nashville. It's, you're just saying nonsense for the sake of saying it. I'm frustrated by it, too. But we can't continue to detach ourselves from reality when we talk about it. We hyperventilate and we get overly emotional. The Orioles will be playing in Baltimore in 2024. It might be that it's under some temporary lease. They don't want to do that. The Orioles didn't want to do that because they want to get they want the pressure of getting this thing done. But there's nowhere else for them to this is a major league baseball team we're talking about. Like there's no well, maybe we'll just play it. Towson. <laughs> They're going to be playing at Camden Yards because they have to. That's the way that it works. So I'm frustrated by it, too. I want it to be over with, too. But we can't traipse in the fantastic. Like, we are just moving into pure fantasy land when we have these conversations. It's frustrating. It's weird. Apparently, this one isn't even on the Orioles, necessarily. Like, this is... The memorandum of understanding was the Orioles were going to be granted this stuff to develop around the stadium, and then the stadium authority was like, wait, what did we just agree to? So as much as we like to blame the Orioles for everything, this one might not be on them. I'm frustrated by it too. But we got to stop allowing it to get us to speak about, like, we're, 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 we act bizarrely. Ins- they're not moving to the Oakland Coliseum. There's no stadium to play at in these other places. They're not moving 
They'll be playing at Camden Yards. And if they don't get the lease done by December 31st, then the lease will expire. And if they get it done on January 1st, they'll have a lease moving forward to get things figured out. So I I, I get it. Y'all want to rail about it. Y'all want to be emotional. It's fine. But we got to have some way at least related to reality when we have the conversations. All right. Now I've said something about it. We good? I we can wrap so. up? Yeah. Thanks, everybody. We, did, we got my meter update. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the most important part of the yeah. day. Yes. Fight Griffin. Not me. Fight him. Fight him about the fact that we haven't put anything on TikTok in a month. Apologize. Yeah. Thanks today to uh, Jeff Zrebeck, Joe Serpico, Patrick Stevens, and uh, Wes Brown. We'll get all up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God. It's so good. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, tomorrow on the program... Uh, Mike Jones. We'll join Who? Yeah, Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Don't act like you don't know the name. We've had that Mike Jones on the show before. Really? It was awesome. Yeah, when, when, when John Harbaugh was like... Oh, he did. Because remember, Lamar like got a right, question right. from Mike Jones in a press conference, and he was like, yo, Mike Jones, that's lit. And then John Harbaugh brought it up like... Who's Mike Jones? <laughs> You're like, yes. It's like a who's on first bit. Right. You're like, you get it. And so John Harbaugh was getting a shout out from Mike Jones. And so we reached out to Mike Jones. We all know his phone number. <laughs> we reached out to Mike Jones and he came on the show and it was awesome. I loved it. Man, that was such a time in my life back then. Now I'm hot. They all on me. Um, that was a great time to be alive. But, yes, Mike Jones from USA Today, uh, who wrote about the, the Ravens and why he's confident. Although he only really wrote about, about making the playoffs. That was the weird part. Like He's like, they're a stone-cold lock to make the playoffs. I'm like, yes, thank you, Mike Jones. I'm not going to say it. Chase her down. I just would like to know. Is that, we can do that on tomorrow on the program? Uh, I mean. Anything I else so. tomorrow? Uh, Drew will be here. Oh, I, t- I shouldn't have said that. Maybe just leave that part off. Stuff and things. All right, stuff and things tomorrow. Thanks, Everyday Press Box, all of our great sponsors and partners. Live Casino and Hotel, Mother's North Grill, A.J. Michaels, Guilford Hall Brewery, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook Sports, Harford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go Navy hoops. Duke sucks.